We're live now. God almighty, look at that. Looks like I'm under interrogation. Well, it's Clary, my brother from another mother. Hey, hey, we are too short to be Rich Cooper. We're not from Canada. <laughs> right? I saw too him driving short. around in a Lamborghini in a video a day or two ago. Did he? Why was he thinking about buying one? Or was that was that just kind of, hey, it's Rich Cooper doing Rich Cooper things? Well, they were doing some kind of vacation or meetup in Orlando, and I clicked on the video, and yeah, he's going like a thousand miles an hour in sunny, <laughs> seventy degree weather in a Lamborghini, and I'm like, it's going to be forty below wind chill on Wednesday here. I think it would be great to be Rich Cooper. <laughs> it it's uh it, it would be, but he knows how to handle those cars too. He's one of the uh, few people that actually owns them, drives them, knows about them, isn't just like. Dude, bro, check me out. He, you know, that is his. I think he worked in the auto industry. Okay, my video is just bothering the fuck out of me right now. I'm gonna get rid of it. So, um, no, yeah, so he's, he's one of the anyway. <laughs> one of the few. Yes, they all want to look at you anyway. He's one of the few legitimate people. I say, all right, that's his business. He knows how to do the thing. But I saw a couple of the pictures. I'm like, yeah, not my cup of tea. Uh, but being down in Florida in 70 degrees definitely would be my cup of tea. Unfortunately, I only got to 67 here in Vegas, and I had to drive my lousy Chevy Silverado to the golf course. Oh, I... So you're saying that it was 20 degrees there? It's going to be 50 degrees Wednesday? So first of all, it's pouring down snow out here, just pouring down, and it's about 20, 25-mile-an-hour winds. Not too bad. It, you know, wind chill is only like eight degrees. That's really not that bad. Mm. There was an article I saw that said it's going to be, on Wednesday here. The high is going to be minus twelve Fahrenheit, and the wind chill is expected to be minus forty. And it's supposed to be colder here than it is in Siberia, Alaska, and they listed <laughs> a bunch of other places. Yeah, CBS um, Chicago did this article about it, and they're like. Uh, just don't do anything on Wednesday. So I'll probably just stay home that day. <laughs> don't even risk it, man. Hey, what's the coldest you have experienced? Uh, I made it to minus 20 when I was in grad school in Indiana. This is going to top that easily. Wednesday oh. will be the coldest I've ever felt in my whole life. Um, I had negative 38 with a wind chill of Lord knows what. Um, <clears throat> and that was that was enough. Uh, Where was that? That was during the last polar vortex, and that was on my way down to Florida to escape it. I had a buddy who had a car in Minnesota, and he wanted to drive down to Florida. And then I looked at the polar vortex that was coming, like, fuck this shit. And I even got up early to get out there before the polar vortex came, and I was in Iowa, not even Minnesota. It was like five degrees colder in Minnesota, but I was in Iowa. Uh, just just south of the border, fueling up on fuel, and um, it was just brutal, just brutal. And, Dude, that uh, winter, so I that was the year I started off on my own, my tax practice. So at the time, I took it as a sign, like maybe I shouldn't be doing this if I'm going outside, and it's the coldest I've ever felt my entire life. <laughs> well, and then I'm wondering, there's there's no reason to risk risk it whatsoever. And I can imagine over in Chicago, there's this cold snap's going to kill or at least put a score or a hundred bums into the hospitals or the, I mean, there's going to be some kind of emergency the cops are going to have to deal with. Although I'm sure they've dealt with it before when it's dropped below zero. Oh, but, oh uh, yeah. There's all these bleeding heart posts uh, on Facebook. 
where people are like, how are we going to protect the homeless? And well, how are we any one of these several cocksucking motherfuckers down in Cook County, including Oprah? Oprah could easily house a hundred poor people if she wanted to in the next 48 hours. But these freaking Kuantahas don't because they're hypocrites. They just want to feel, I, I can't, it's so clear and obvious what it is. Look, all you dumbasses in Chicago, you want to help out the super cold people, open up your doors and let them in for the next 48 hours. But Clary, it feels so good to virtue signal on social media. I know. It's left a finger. It's it's something for nothing, which defines every liberal ever, because what's the other L word that describes them? I was going to say losers, but there's probably a ton of other Even worse than being a loser. Everybody's a loser once in a while. We can't all be winners, but we can all choose whether or not we be this. Leeches? No. Why are leeches leeches? Are they working to become higher organisms? Do liberals work oh, hard? Oh, lazy. Make- You're lazy. lazy. Yeah, lazy. Lazy. And that's why a bunch of poor homeless people are going to die in a cold snap in Chicago is because liberals are lazy. They do not want to actually help out the poor. They want to virtue signal without the corresponding labor that comes with it. Not to mention risk that you'll get tuberculosis. <laughs> Yeah, there's got it's not going to be pretty here, dude. Look for news articles about how many people froze to death uh, 48 to 72 hours from now here. I don't care because I have gone to great lengths in a much colder state to make sure there's a wood burning stove, that my uh, cinder blocks were insulated, that I would never not be able to afford a heat bill during January. My favorite is the um, I was kind of hoping that tent city would have stayed. Cause they're all, we got a community here now. We're not going to go into the government housing. And so now they finally put together the last vestiges of the government housing, but man, it would have been great to see a cold snap come in like this polar vortex and then hit that tent city. Like, yeah, where's your pride now? I bet you do (laughs) like the indoors, don't you? Well, we, um, we do have our first super chat of the day. All righty. Uh, well, I wanted to ask you about you. You sounded sad. I wanted to say, why so sad, bad Chad? Oh, I'm okay. No, I worked oh. a pretty long day and I was grumpy. You know, I sent that grumpy response earlier, which I feel a little bit bad about, but I was- I can't even good. remember what, what, to me? No, remember how you wanted my opinion? Um, that guy had the asshole consulting question about whether oh, he should that. underreport his uh, tips. Yeah. Well- that's, that's fine. That's asshole consulting. Yeah, that's like, anyway, that's a really stupid thing. I liked, I just saw your video about that when we came on today. So I'm glad you um, basically said what I said word for word. You shouldn't do that if they're actually making you report it, you know, on forms and shit. Just don't cheat. Yeah, but you can't, look, I, you have every right to get angry at stupid questions and stupid people. At least he asked, right? At least he asked. He didn't like not do it. And then like, yeah. oh man, what the hell? No, no, it was fear. a good question. I'm not mad at, like, I'm not annoyed with him or anything. It's just, oh. I know so many people that, that immediately that's their default is like, oh, well, I'll just fuck over the employer then. You know, I, I won't say what I really made. I'll get the employer in trouble and then everybody's going to be out of a job. But I mean, no one ever thinks about that. Yeah. But or- why do, why, why do people not think that far ahead? One or two steps down the road. Uh, because they're simpletons. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. What was what was the L word again? That is not liberal, loser, leech, or lefty. Oh, we're going back to lazy. Lazy, <laughs> laziness explains. We're going to have the Church of Lazy Chad. 
Okay. And I, my job as the uh, parishioner or what, whoever the main person in charge of the Church of Lazy is, the Pope of the Church of Lazy, is to come up with reasons and rationale as to why you are forgiven for your laziness and you are allowed to be lazy, that you should take pride and joy in your laziness and sloth, that you should be happy you're fat and you have a worthless degree. Heck, the guys over at Masculine Geek, uh, which would be Wednesday again, by the way, um, they just sent me a tweet of this woman, woman, girl, who is seeking uh, survey takers for her dissertation, her doctoral dissertation. Now, guess what her doctoral dissertation is in, Chad? Oh, goodness. What is it, like uh, the negative effects of straight white men in America? Or no, that's like been that? done a million times before. No, no, I'll, I'll give you a hint. She is a feminist <clears throat> or a leftist. She just ugly. Is, is, oh, that's another thing. She just, <laughs> you know, you're being a little redundant there, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, let's see if you can figure this out. She is a social justice warrior, and this uh, hobby of mine, this uh, maybe not hobby, but this thing I enjoy participating in has been part of my life since the late 80s, uh, has been co-opted by the social justice warrior crowd, and it was completely predictable this realm or world would have been taken over by the social justice warrior crowd. Video games? Close. Video games have been made off of this. Uh, ooh, I really thought that was it. I didn't have a backup there. Um, do, do, do. this is you're thinking, uh, Gamergate. This is yeah, Gamergate. Gamergate, and there's really no gate, there's no, there's no uh scandal going on here. This is just it was really cool. It was originally, here's another clue, it was originally all legit nerds, and oh, now yeah, a bunch of blue haired, pink haired fucktards are coming in, acting like, hey, we can do this too. Is it Dungeons and Dragons? Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. Completely predictable because you can live vicariously without having to work to actually have the muscles of a barbarian. You just get to roll dice and play make-believe land. So, so you can do a dissertation on that? She is. She's doing her dissert doctoral dissertation or thesis or whatever the heck it's called. The final paper that you hand in. Uh, she's doing surveys about Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, and I'm just kind of like, fuck, just get out of get out of my backyard, you fucking nobodies, you fucking worthless <laughs> pieces of shit. Get the fuck out of here. Just because you dyed your hair blue doesn't mean you're all down with the Dungeons and Dragons. And so it's kind of like it's not kind of like it's almost exactly like uh women getting their attention on the social medias and the likes and oh my god you're beautiful you know a girl posts pretty pictures she gets a ton of attention it's digital attention it's not attention in the real world but it can be surrogate attention and the other side of that coin is all these boys are getting attention from porn or the uh yeah porn i was gonna say the internet but the internet has porn that's where it would come from uh, so they get they live vicariously or have a <clears throat> vicarious substitute for romance or at least sex in their mind. Hell, all these these guys got their damn anime girlfriend pillows for fuck's sake. You got these virgin towels talking about goddamn sex bots. So there's that world we don't know, need to go into. But then there's this other group of people on the third side of the same coin who now live vicariously getting their agency and purpose in life, imagining they're a wizard or a barbarian instead of just playing it as a fucking game. 
and now you can write doctoral theses on the on this uh on this game and so uh yeah that's uh that kind of just ruined it and you can you could kind of see when you go into a a public meetup for Dungeons and Dragons, you could kind of see a higher and higher percentage of them are SJW types and not just regular old stinky uh, failed to bathe nerds. It's now and oh, and I don't are you are you familiar with Dungeons and Dragons? I never played it, but I do understand the basics. I've seen people play it before. Right, group of people get together. You get a character. Okay, everybody's got kind of a specialty. It usually happens in Lord of the Rings type environment. And then all oh, the bad wizard go he's going to slay the village if we don't go stop him and and, and it, it's strategy, it's fun, it's escapism. It's it's great. But these guys it, it's great to see because <clears throat> you don't just get a male warlock, do you, Chad? Cuz guess what these social justice warriors want to do? Uh, I'm guessing they're going to muddy the waters there between what's male and female and various. You got uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. They're going to. Oh, I'm a hopiosexual and I sleep with trees and I have a relationship. Lord knows what they do. And um, that's now starting to infiltrate into Dungeons and Dragons. Jeez. There's really nothing left for them to overtake after that, is there? Or, no, mean, there's no. They'll 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 overtake something. Somebody will do something. It'll be fun. There'll be a fad. It's a uh, it's a life cycle. You can even see it in um, the dance scene. That that was very apparent. Where it started with a group of really unique kids, sometimes nerdy, but certainly high IQ. Hey, let's do this. Let's dress up, and then it kind of formed its own little culture then it got really cool bands wanted to play there then the cool kids showed up the hot chick showed up and then you got the bar effect you got a you got a the business of a bar where the hot chicks are there now every guy wants to come there money spending they got a fake roulette night people are showing up in tuxedos and dresses you're paying a 15 dollar cover in 1998 uh local and regional and sometimes national bands want to play in the venue oh this is great and then then the nerd, and not the nerds, the social justice warriors, the which were the proto social justice warriors back then, uh, they discovered this, and then all of a sudden, some really weird kids from McAllister College started showing up. Not everybody's armpits were shaved. The nerdy guys start scaring away the hot chicks. The hot chicks leave. No one's showing up anymore. And now you go to pretty much any swing dance or salsa dance, any ballroom dance club or community it is all the fucking rejects and the social justice warriors left over and so that and then that will no one's going to go there because now they got like oh were you falsely accused of rape or not rape if you were you harassed was this did this go on did that how well we're going to come in there and self-regulate and forget it. you want nothing to do with it but that's the cycle that's the cycle and so whatever the next fad or fun thing will be the cool kids will all join. The ugly people again. It will scare all the good-looking girls away. No one's going to want to show up except for the fucking truly twos and ones uh, and, and and social retards of society. And then then you know they'll they'll just wait for new land to be pioneered and go after that at the end. There, it'll happen. It'll happen. any predictions on what that might be? It's hard to tell because how do you predict? If I knew it was going to be popular five to ten years from now, I'd be a millionaire. I'd be a billionaire. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, it'd just be like, oh well, K 
kids are going to really get into kayaking and all oh, there'll be kayaking communities and they'll combine their kayaks that are kind of like Voltron. They'll combine and then you can have flotillas of kayaks and then they'll all be powered by Apple smartphones and all be waterproof. And then they'll have music and then all, and then, then the organic kayak will be made out of all recyclable material. And then that, you know, they're like a virus. Once it gets in, it co-ops the whole thing. It's cancerous. And then it, the, the entity dies and everyone leaves. So I, I don't know what the next one will be, but I don't think it's well, going to be kayaks. Well, I'm waiting for the day when the SJWs uh, start infiltrating the uh, CPA tax preparation world. You know, soon, uh, soon they'll encroach on my territory, huh? I don't think they can because you're a hired gun. They'll, they already have taken over large companies and accounting departments, not so much social justice warring, but diversity and inclusion. Um, the big four, uh, they are increasingly putting more and more emphasis on the person's color of their skin and their hoo-ha right. uh, than they are the content of the character, which, which is being actually racist and sexist. But we've known corporate America in general is a sinking ship or certainly an insane asylum flotilla that you don't want to be on. It's, uh, I know a lot of men are very upset or just the best, you know, just, you know, they're saying, I wanted to do my best. I want to be hired because of what I can do, not because of uh, a trait I was born with. Uh, but I'm saying because now you have low IQ, corrupted, incompetent viruses of human beings at the heads of these organizations, that is going to be at, at best an insane asylum that no hardworking person wants to work at. And so I think uh, in particular men who are, you know, we get the, the most on the reverse discrimination there. You don't, good, good riddance. You don't want to work in corporate America. You want to be a hired gun like me or Chet. So I don't think that's going to affect you at all. Well, I, I do want to say this. I, I know a ton of CPAs. I've met a lot over the years, you know, networking and everything. I have mm -hmm. to say, while you were talking, I was thinking about it. I don't know a single one of us who comes close to being an SJW, like nobody comes to mind that has that mindset. And, you know, some of them are all over the map politically, but none of us are SJWs. I'm kind of proud of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys work with numbers and reality all the time. I mean, it's a, it's a hard logical discipline, what you guys do. And if you're trained in that, you can't do it. Uh, or you can't be a social justice warrior. It just doesn't happen that way. I'm talking more of the management. Um, oh, that's got, different. Yeah. They're always yeah. going to try to, pollute the environment with that type of stuff. I mean, that's just corporate America, like you said. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the individual CP, I mean, what, did you have to have diversity training? Did you voice that on yourself? Did you, did you have sexual harassment training at your office today? So I, oh, are you talking about, no, no, no. You. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you meant back in the day when I was no. in all these terrible organizations. No, you know, the only sexual harassment training I did was, um, look at some women in bikinis on the internet since it was pouring down snow outside and I felt like fantasizing that I was on a beach. That was my sexual harassment training this afternoon. Yeah. Then you, then you watched uh, Rich Cooper driving Lamborghinis in Florida. That's all right. That's okay. That's uh, you want to watch a man, uh, you know, another man driving cars after you watch women with bikinis. That's fine. I just, just, just you see out. why I was grumpy today. <laughs> <laughs> no, you sounded. I thought it was going to be something way worse. I thought it was. 
you were no, angry was, about something else. And this, then you said this client pissed you off. And I'm like, Oh, oh no, I, I had a rough, I had a rough morning in the office with some clients, but by the afternoon it was, uh, it was getting a little bit better. I went for a run. I did make it to the gym. So I'm good now. Got my tea. I'm good. Good. I, uh, I can't be a hypocrite either. Uh, woke up this morning and, uh, I have just been down, man. I was, <clears throat> I think I finally kicked it. It was one of those things. Where I was like, no, I'm not going to work. I know I said I get these taxes done, but it's like, no, I can't. I did a bunch of asshole consulting. I did a bunch of piddly motherfucking back office work that just has to get done. Uh, And I'm like, I'm going to go golf. And I had four hours, 18 holes of the most wonderful day of golf ever. Got three pars. I got thrown in with a lot of three other guys who are way better than me, but I actually held up to it. Like I... I didn't win. I certainly didn't place. Matter of fact, I was dead last, but I was not an embarrassment. I, uh, I kept up just fine. Sometimes I even won the honors to hit first in the next hole. And then I got back and I was like, it's still not, still not 100%, you know, still kind of like fuck. And then uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to bang out some work, go to my favorite cafe, upload it, get all that done, ate some good food, spent the money on that. Came back, I'm like, damn, let's do the fucking Elkins hour. Now I'm in a now I'm in a way better mood. Way better mood. And I'm not going to the gym. I'm gonna go bowling after this. Oh wow, I'm going to bed after this. I am jealous oh. of you. Um I think I think we should go ahead and get to some of the super chats because they're starting to uh pile all up. All right, here all right, bit. let's let's bang them out. Let's get them in. bang them out here for the Elkins. I remember half the proceeds go to Chad because he'll remind me 20 seconds after the podcast that half of them go to him <laughs> whether or not I've ate them or not. Oh, you know it. I got to get my uh, shekels. As you, you get call your them. shekels, your doubloons. <laughs> so, the, our first super chat was from Darkman Jeff for five dollars, and he says, "What's up, fellas? Just putting something in the collection plate. I hope all is well with both of y'all." This is Jeff. He's actually a former client of yours, Asshole Consulting, where he had a question about going out on his own because he wants mm-hmm. to sort of do what I do, and so I ended up helping him out, and we've stayed oh, in touch. Cool. So he's uh, he's just showing us a little love. You're mentoring him. Yeah, a little bit. That's yeah. awesome. That's great. Yeah. Oh, hello, Jeff. Thanks for thanks for the money. It'll go towards golf fees. It'll go towards uh, bowling shoes. <laughs> um, let's see. Guess who our second super chat is from for two dollars and twenty two cents. I'm gonna say Bacon Maldito because normally Mr. Uh, Atham will come in with his six six six, but I, I could be wrong. Fifty fifty, and you picked the wrong one. Ah, ah. <laughs> another non one hundred percent white male. Those those bleeping two guys. It's uh, how is Atham? He's got a ton more snow than we do, though, or you do. I have no snow here. Well, he's a little melancholic right now because he oh. said that you started a live stream and you didn't invite me and he has a sad face. Does he want to come on? I think, you know, well, Atham, we're here, Atham. If you, I don't want to speak for Clary. It's his podcast, but I think you could probably come on if you wanted to, right? All right. If this doesn't turn into a shit show, and we're not all talking over each other. Hang on. You two have been freaking lovers. My God, I went hiking. I got to tell the audience this. So I go hiking. <laughs> Fucking hell. And um, when, I, when I go hiking in Vegas, you inevitably don't have cell phone reception because you're going far away. And uh, 
so your phone doesn't ding. You don't get no notifications. So I finally get back to civilization. All right, tell Atham I've sent you the link over on your Facebook. Oh, he says he's at work. He's at work. He can't do well, it. What the fuck is he complaining about? God, did he grow a set of tits and become a woman? What? Jeez. <laughs> um, I guess he's just wishing he could be here with us. It's All sweet. right. We'll get him on one of these days. We'll get him yeah. on. So, so I I hike... It was three hours. That's all it was. Three hours down to the Color River and back. Sat, sat in uh, some hot springs. It was a really cool hike. So I get back and I've turned off the vibration and audio notifications on my phone because it's just, it'll ding at times once a minute because of whatever else is going on on the social media. So I have to visually look and I look. Do you know how many messages? I had for notifications between you two chatty Kathy seventh grade girls exchanging your email or your uh, your Facebook uh, messages between one another. Well, I don't think it hit triple digits, but we did have a lot of uh, things to say. Was this yesterday or this Saturday? is yesterday? This is yesterday. <laughs> one hundred and thirty five messages, and the vast majority, yes, were from you guys. There might have been a couple other people there texting me or something. But I looked at this. I'm like, what are you guys doing? So I well, think I think Mr. Atham just needs uh he needs some moral support up there. He's been snowbound for the past week. Well, I need moral support too. That's why we're on there, you know, making fun of people on other chats, which is sort of what we were doing, but we won't say who it was. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to that chat and thank God it wasn't uh what it was for the past 2 weeks cuz I could actually listen to something this time. They still had a little bit at the beginning of what it was, but anyway. <laughs> but it wasn't, yeah. And I listened, I just forwarded it. And I'm like, oh, good. We're talking about why I originally tuned into this podcast. We could say who it is, but I won't. You For, for no, whatever don't, reason. No, you not, I, I don't think he doesn't actually know who I am, this person. So I don't want him to know who I am. <laughs> Love the guy to death. But yeah, there's, he would not. He would not. The, the man could come up for air. The man could resurface. He's been a submarine underwater way too long. He needs to come up and look around and see what's out there. But, uh, All righty. Well, we have another uh, $5 chat, and this one's from Castle Knight. Um, he says, Cappy, please explain your current residence plan, i.e. where are you now? South Dakota, Minneapolis, or Las Vegas? What's your plan? I feel like I could answer this, but it's a question. Let's see, let's see if you can answer the plan without giving too much information away about the GF. Absolutely, sure. All right. Okay. So Clary's got that place in Minnesota, which he's got half packed up, I see. Or really all packed up, right? Looks yeah, like oh, we're ready to go. Turnkey, here's the key out of here. Bye. And he's got that on the market, and the idea is to get out of there as soon as they can mm -hmm. because um, he's got – he and his um, – his girl – I'm worried. I can say this, I think. Your you can girlfriend. say my girlfriend, yes. <clears throat> we rent a house from a buddy down here for dirt cheap as long as I keep it in shape. Yeah. I was like, That's how much can I divulge there? But right. Yeah. No, you could, that, that people – it's the Southern Command. So basically – the guy's worried. He he's flying all over the country. He doesn't have time, but he really likes Vegas, and so he always wanted a place out here. So as long as I keep the place, and it needs it needs work. It's about a twenty year old house. It does need some work. He's not a great carpenter, neither am I. But I've had a home since I was twenty four, so I know some basic stuff and not so basic stuff. 
And so as long as I kind of, and I've gotten into ship shape, it's a good deal. It's, it's a good deal uh, for both of us. So that, so that's, that's the Southern command. So you could continue on. All right. Well, um, Clary recently has um, purchased some territory he likes in uh, South Dakota. Correct. So I can say that, right? You can say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I say your plans with it or is that? Well, um, usually the plans with land is pretty obvious. I'm not going to raise ferrets. I will not install. It. I will not install an ICBM missile silo. Although that would make Doctor Perodin and uh, DT super happy. They could, oh, look at the hole in the ground. Wow, this is great. It reminds me of the '50s, even though I wasn't there. I was hoping but, you'd do a giant man cave so all of us could convene. But what what you're gonna what he's gonna do instead is build his dream home on land and it's got a great view i've seen the view uh, from the links and i even google mapped it because i was curious um mm -hmm. but i believe that is the long-term plan is to move to relocate there mm -hmm. where there's no state income tax there's plenty of hiking there's fresh air um i don't know much about the state government but yeah <laughs> state is very republican they have the hottest governor ever I'll have to uh, Google that. Oh, she's a looker. I, now, I've had a crush on her when she was like, I think, just a local rep. That was like 10, 15 years ago. She is she is delish. She is delish. She can rapid my city anytime. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, build the home there. There's motorcycling. There's hiking. There's warmer the tinder weather. Box. The tinderbox. The tinderbox is there. Uh, yes. So there's, and I've spent cumulatively over a year there. So I have built up somewhat of a... Uh, community. I know a lot about the Black Hills, probably more than the locals do, because it's so weird. Um, the locals all stay in their town. They don't go to the next town over. They don't go to the Badlands National. Like Badlands National Park is less than an hour away, and about half the people in Rapid City have never been there. Um, some beautiful land over in the Indian Rosebud Reservation. You ever been there? No. Why would I go there? It's the Indian Reservation. I don't know because it's a nice ride. Is it Eagle Butte? It's beautiful. It's one of. Have you been to Hot Springs? There's some hot springs and hot springs. Oh no, I wouldn't go there. It's all the way down south. So um, anyway, yeah. So that's that's why I'm moving to South Dakota. We will live there inevitably. So I think I got most of it. Were there any other details you wanted to fill in for his uh, question? Or and we may we may buy a place down here uh, in Las Vegas. Although it is probably just cheaper to rent with the current situation we got with our buddy <clears throat> and winter down here. Summer in South Dakota, and then ride around on motorcycles and convertibles in the West in spring and fall with occasional visits to the family in Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Chicago. We don't have family in Chicago. I don't think so. <laughs> we have friends in Chicago. Um, yeah, we oh. go to Chicago too. Yeah, we, we bum around. But that's, yeah, so we're kind of nomadic a little bit uh, during spring and fall. Um, but yeah, you don't want to be in South Dakota in winter and you don't want to be in Las Vegas during summer. So it's just kind of snowboarding. That's basically what it is. Snowboard and work from the internet. Ah, well, yeah. you can certainly do that. I, I hope I can. I don't have any experience in it though. Do you think it's possible? Cause the baby boomers told me that if they can't see me, how do they know I'm working? And how do I know if I'm working, if they can't see me, maybe I'm not working if they don't see me. Maybe it's like the forest in the trees. 
Well, I don't like the cut of your jib. You need to be awake at seven every morning, working solidly. And then when it's uh, five o'clock, uh, if we demand you work later, then you must. Um, but I have a question. If I got in at seven, wouldn't I avoid rush hour? I thought I had a drive through rush hour. So I have to I have to leave at seven to get there at eight. And if rush hour is so bad that I'm there at eight oh two, you're gonna be up my ass asking me why I'm late for two minutes. Yeah. I mean okay. I hate to that's what HR says we have to do. So that's we're mandated to do that. And um yeah. Not to slam on the baby boomers anymore, but let's uh do you know how much egg on their face they have? Like nobody listens to them. <laughs> like like no one listens. They're the butt end. It's just shut the fuck up. Go away. You were wrong about everything. And they they know it. They don't dare. Like, when's the last time you had a baby boomer boss? When's the last time you answered to a baby boomer? Well, I haven't had a boss in a while, like five years. But um, mm. let's see. I don't even have really any baby boomer clients. I got a couple. Like I haven't. Yeah, I don't really listen to baby boomers because I never have to in any particular situation. I probably have a doctor that's a baby boomer, but mm. I don't know. No, the, last, the last job I had was baby boomers, and they even knew. Like, it wasn't this, oh, you're you're my superior, you're my supervisor. I mean, yes, you are my boss. But all the guys were older than me. All of them were baby boomers. It was more like, yeah, I'm your hired gun, and don't give me no bullshit. And hey, are we ever going to do this fucking shit or not? I mean, they you they couldn't pull off that. Well, I just don't understand why you don't have this work ethic. Like they couldn't pull that card anymore because they were so dif- particularly in banking because it was after the the banking crisis. They just lost all credibility. And now, when's the last time baby boomers given advice about dating, relationships, career, uh, marriage, children? It's just they have failed spectacularly so much in everything and they know it that that they don't have the they they have failed so spectacularly they don't even have the arrogance anymore to lie to our faces about it they actually had their spirits broken and now they're just looking at retirement and like i don't have enough i gotta work more it's like yeah go go work at mcdonald's there grandpa you go have fun it's wonderful it's wonderful don't know where i was going with that but it just felt good too no, it doesn't matter. There's never a wrong time to bash uh, the baby boomers. No, so. it was a communist and baby boomers. It's, uh, we can slam on them. So, but yeah, that's the that's the plan is to um, have an adequate retirement, have no debt, no debt. There will be no no. Uh, once I sell my house, the proceeds go to pay off this temporary HELOC I have that I used to buy the property, and then the remainder of the fees goes to build the house. And yeah, it's the, it's the same shit I do, except my girlfriend will be free. You know, I won't be. Because I'll tell you, it's it's kind of getting boring. We just kind of golf by yourself and hike by yourself, and you know, I, you know, every once in a while, it's good to see some people come in. But uh, yeah, it, it's um, it's like Batman when he's playing the guitar alone in the Batman Lego movie. Mm, Did you see it. that? No, nope, ah, never mind. Never mind. Hilarious movie. Hilarious movie. All righty. Well. Moving on to the next super chat. Unless you had anything else that you want to talk about that? No, or? no. I'm just amazed that basically we, we get together, we shoot the shit, and like, oh, let's, let's go collect our money. All right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's the super chat show. Like, hey, what's going on, guys? We, we got a bunch got... more here. It's it's 
good stuff. Okay, we could keep on going. Lots of money's rolling in. I'm surprised you're not getting more like Chad Elkian's type of questions about accounting and taxes and things like that. Not well, that you okay. want those, but uh, here's the thing: Bacon Maldito uh, left the next two super chats, and one of them sort of uh, a friendly dig at me. So um, I'll start with I'll start with the first one. Wait, is isn't black. he isn't he only half black or half white? Bacon? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't know that, is he? Yeah. Where were you? We had this conversation before. Remember, he told us he was half black? Oh, that's right. He's not all white? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's right. Never mind. The joke is too bad. I was going to say, how dare a half white guy lecture you and pick on you, Chad? My goodness. All right, never mind. What's Bacon up to? Okay, so for $2.53, his question for you, because I can't answer this, is considering getting an old truck is a four by four worth it? No, um, no? no. I well, what it really depends on the on the type and what are you going to use it for? Like, if he was out in Montana or Colorado and had to go through all these, like there was serious snow, a four by four vehicle would be worthwhile. Um, where does he live? Is it New York's? I can't remember where he said he lives. I don't think he ever told us where he lived. Actually, okay. Um, that's the only way I get a four by four and not one of these who dang diggly danglies with the truck nuts on the back and a high clearance vehicle. And it looks like the, the Chevy from red Dawn. We're not talking that thing. We're not talking some off-road Jeep. The only reason you should have a, an off-road four by four Jeep is if you live in a mountainous area, specifically Moab, it's about the only place I can really think you should take it. <clears throat> some people would disagree. Um, but no, I don't, I don't see a reason to get a four by four truck unless it snows there a lot. Uh, but front wheel drive should be fine. Uh, I, I, why did he say why he needed what? That's kind of a, a unique item to wonder or to want about. Oh, oh, he's, so he clarified a little. He said, uh, earlier on, he goes, Chad, in case you read this, that truck question was four by four versus four by two. I think you answered it anyway, though. Oh, but okay. What the hell's a four by two truck? Uh, this is out of my domain. I'm not. <laughs> Let's look at what is a four by two truck. I never heard of that. What is a four by two truck? Uh, is that just two wheel drive? Why don't you just say two wheel? It means two wheel. Okay. It means me a two wheel. He has to leave. He's driving. Okay. He said he, so. He's not in the chat anymore. But it means a two-wheel drive and not a four-wheel drive. Most trucks are rear-wheel drive, power delivered to the rear world, uh, rear wheels. Oh, I see what he's saying. Um, <clears throat> preferably, you get a front-wheel drive truck. Rear-wheel drive trucks are. I won't. I won't lie about that. They are kind of a pain in the ass if it's slippery out. But if you're in snow. Um, all you gotta do is weigh it down with some sandbags and you get traction. I don't know. A lot of this could also be, I, I've lived most of my life in Wisconsin and Minnesota. So maybe driving in snow is not a big deal for me. I've always gotten by rear wheel or front wheel. Um, I don't know. Four wheel drive is, it's kind of like one of those things where all my friends, some of my friends have been getting it like, yeah, I got four wheel drive. They'll get a Subaru out back and it's got four wheel drive, four wheel drive. I'm like, when have you ever needed that? Like what, what, what now you need this? I don't, I don't, I don't think it's really worth it. Um, but if he makes a feel, you know, it's better than ending up in the ditch and cracking a rib and going to the hospital. But, 
Uh, well, he'll, he'll go back and hear this, I'm sure. I know he's not in the chat anymore. So, um, okay. Anything else with that? No, that's it. That's- All right. Well, he then left us $5.27, and he says, Chad, I never want to hear complaints about dead air again after that last appearance of yours. Got to go yell at the stupid drivers. Cheers, everyone. I'm not sure. Is he Who referring? Was that? I guess it was our last one where I was singing during um, intermission, which I, I can understand. That was probably not a good idea. I'm not the best uh, singer there. So maybe that's what he meant. But otherwise, I'm not sure. I'm fine with dead air. See, it, in radio, <clears throat> they were always like, oh, you can't have dead air. You can't have dead air. So you had to do things like this was like you're going on, on flying a mission in an F-16 fighter plane. Like, you better take your shit now. You better drain the lizard because you can't do it up there. You know, like make sure you, 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 you do your duty down here. And while you're on the radio, make sure you don't have to go to the bathroom. It wasn't really ever that much of a problem, but dude, if I want to get another cup of tea, I I think that's the great thing about podcasting. You just go and get some tea. Yeah. It takes two seconds. That's I'm probably going to do in a little bit. So yeah, I, I don't. I'm sorry, Bacon, but you know this isn't exactly professional radio. We're better no, than professional radio. We're 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 the ones replacing it. It's <laughs> uh, he's just ribbing us a little bit. He loves us. Cool. All right, what else we got? All right. Well, our good friend. Well, we got more. Atham for two dollars says, "I'm complaining about you not inviting me." Boo hoo! <laughs> and then he laughs. He's so, so he's so faking. Yeah, I think he's... I think with Atham, it was more important for him to get the invite, even though he couldn't appear, than to actually appear. And I have some sympathy for that. So what is he, my mom? Like it would have been <laughs> nice. It's the it's the thought that counts. But yeah, he wants to feel he wants to feel wanted by <laughs> how by our... much time between like what uh, it was forty minutes between the time like hey Chad, you want a podcast? You're like yeah. And they're like, okay, give me 10. And we're like, boom, we're done. Because I do have to go bowl here in a little bit. It it really is a spur of the moment type of deal. Plus, he is always working. Uh, yeah. So it I, took us I, less I, than 40 minutes to get on here. I mean, I was ready to go. So yeah. No, the only reason it took that long is because I had to come back from my uh, my cafe where I have to upload all my videos. But uh, all right, next time I remember, I'll try to remember. It's just kind of rote rehearsal. Like, yeah, we got Elkins for the Elkins Hour and DT tomorrow. And then what? The Masculine Geek Wednesday. Thursday, I fly back to the Twin Cities. Oh. I I will miss the polar vortex. It will be cold. Um, It will be. So Nick, our old friend Nick Shulander uh, for $2 says, get over it, Super Chat Monkey. I'm here though, LOL. I think that means he didn't have a question and he just wanted to give us a little something and they weren't letting him do it. You know, you have to, it's weird with the super chats sometimes. So. Well, you have to ask a question? Well, you have to put a, a minimum amount on there to be able to type anything. So I think that's what was going on. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what Google people do when they come up with this stuff. Like, hey, we got this great idea. Oh, I got an idea, though. Let's put a bunch of completely unnecessary hurdles and agitations and annoyances in between that person and their ability to simply leave a message or donate money. Well, did you know that the more you donate, the more characters they give you to type something? What? Yeah. No, so I, if, you, 
Yeah, if you donate two bucks, I, it's you know a certain amount of characters, like a hundred. If you donate five, you get like two hundred characters. Then if you donate ten, then you can write whatever you want. If you donate ten, but I'm th- that's how that works. What that would maybe explain why Molyneux, aside from the fact he's infinitely more popular and watched than I am, but in addition to all those things, that may be explaining why when you guys sent me that screenshot of his chat room, didn't he have like just buku coin being donated it was all like yeah. ten dollar 25 i wonder how much of that is i want stefan to read my entire life story and then he gets like this block chunk of text where this guy paid his 15 dollars and spilled it out and then stefan kind of doesn't even bother reading through it that's probably what it was although i mean i caught one of those one time where he didn't ask me anything and it seemed like he read every single super chat he got so uh-huh. maybe they just like hearing that that voice, that British accent. Uh, I, I don't know. I did a study. It showed, uh, what was it? Uh, thought The thought premium and then the English accent premium. Like if you're you and me and we use our crappy male American voices to spew great accounting facts, okay? We do a new show called Great Accounting Facts starring... Two average American dopes. Uh, we will get five hundred viewers or dollars or whatever. Women who are good looking who could say the exact same thing as great accounting facts will get five times the amount of traffic and money. And English accented males. This wasn't even chicks. This is just English. Do you know what their premium was? Uh, can't be as high as the chicks, but what, what do you, what was it? 13 times. It was almost what? three times. To- oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dude. If you got the English axe, Sargon of a cod, who was the guy he had a, a little internet tiff with, which really doesn't narrow it down. Cause he's had a tiff with everyone. Yeah. Um, there was another British guy, Molyneux, but I'll grant Molyneux obvious credit because he is a finance, a, a, a philosophical genius. He is, he is, uh, <clears throat> I think brilliant. Um, then there was a couple other people where they had the British accents and chicks. Hang on. There was, um, millennial woes was another one of these. Um, yeah. If you got the, Oh, doodly dangly and two point weekly dinklies. And all of a sudden, bam, there's like a hundred dollars or 800 pounds, whatever. Just because of the British accent. There's a French guy with a a French Canadian guy with a strong accent that I think (laughs) sounds pretty good. He seems to do pretty well. Have you ever heard of uh, J.F. Gareppi, I think is his name? No. Is he a workout guy? No, he's along the lines of like he does live streams and he just talks talks about shit and he gets a lot of money for it. Oh. So, yeah. No, I, I purposely tune in to British documentaries and In Our Time, which is a BBC production podcast, before I go to bed because it's very calming and soothing. You listen to the Dick show or, um, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of who's a little bit more boisterous. I don't know any of your American counterpoints and it's just too loud. And it's like, Oh, I'm not falling asleep. I do that with Molyneux sometimes. Like I do enjoy his content, but if I really want to go to sleep, I'll just put on, you know, he's got an hour and a half of something to talk about. And then I'm out in like 10 minutes. So (laughs) his Colin show is great. Uh, so I fucked up my life. And I don't know why. Is it about your mother? Oh, oh no, he always it's about my... the same thing. Wait, 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 wait. Let's let's go back now. Let's go back. 
welfare state this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I see. So your mother did leave you for another man, did you say, when you were when you were four, was it? No, three. You think that's got anything to do with it? No, no, I, I don't think at all. I don't think at all. Let, let's go back. Let's go back. And that's my stuff I'm all known person. Do you think if there wasn't a welfare state that that wouldn't have happened? <laughs> He's uh -huh. not that basic, bitch. It's, it's his call. Like the call-in show is painful. I'll great because sometimes you'll get like a gem in there, and usually I'll kind of stiff through. I'm like, oh, this looks like an interesting topic, but my God, just the some of the losers he gets in, and and, and how can you be listening to Molyneux and not know what your freaking problem is? That's like guys coming in and ask me what question do I hate the most, Chad? What what question? Who no one has asked in a long time? Thank God. Is it the one where people are like, uh, "What type of business should I start?" No, no, nope. Even more hated than that. Shit, man. You got I, I need a better hint than that. Because How do I get the girls? Oh, that one. Oh, right, yes. right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many people could tune in. Like, let's say I had, I just started numbering the videos on the YouTube channel. How do I get the girls? Number 300, episode number 327. Wouldn't it get tiring by the 328th episode? I mean, you can only say the same thing so many times. So right. I, yeah, I'm just saying Molyneux does that. I mean, it's, that's his call-in show. That's why I, I prefer his individual pieces where he comes up with a new thought or a new concept. Whereas, you know, fuck around Felicia wonders why she's knocked up and has an STD. Well, let's ask some questions here, Felicia. <laughs> that's what people tune into. That's um, just a quick thing. Uh, Nick was clarifying that he meant he'll accept an invite on the podcast if uh, you ever want him to appear. So that why was... would we have him on? What? Why, why do we have to have Nick on? Everyone wants to be on. I should charge people an arm and a leg to be on. Well, That's if you ever want to bash and get specific about the Pacific Northwest, you could do that. I could even pop in on that one after my experiences in <laughs> Oregon over the holidays. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's Nick. We do have him and um, there are two TJ. other guys. TJ, but then another another listener, he emailed me. He's like, dude, I'd love to get on that. And then we got to get John Steele, who I haven't heard buckets from. Uh, yeah, where's time. he been? Oh, he kind of goes, he floats in and out. You know, he kind of does his John Steele thing. He's on hmm. for two months and he's gone for two months. Oh. That's what he does. Um, and then he's got that great voice, you know, it's like this great voice for radio. Then he, then, and then he also has the great mouth for like, you know, the Jews are doing this. Like, God damn it. You have this great voice, John, you could, you could talk about poinsettias for God's sake. And you can make money but you know, who's <laughs> in charge of the poinsettia industry, big Jews. That's who it is. Big Jews. They're in charge of big poinsettias. I hope that's he how they jack on. it up during Christmas. <laughs> I hope he ends up on Beckloff again. <laughs> oh, dude, he totally trolls those guys. It's great. <laughs> um, so, Clary, the next $5 chat, it's directed at me, but it's a real broad topic. It says, like, I could say a ton about this, so I'll do my best to, be, to not ramble. TC56 says, Chad, millennial slash future CPA here, would like to hear about your career ever go into public accounting? You mentioned IRS work in another video. What was it like? Um, you know, I could say a ton of stuff about that. Um, could we do what we did before and I try to guess your career path? 
Yeah. Um, I, let me just say, yes, I've, I've worked in both places first for the government and then sometime in public. Um, do you want to try picking it up from there? Or? I was going to try and start with a little bit more of a backstory that Chad was brought up as a little Chadlet <laughs> off on the Mississippi in, in, in Alabama. And his father was, well, I don't want to, cause I actually know some stuff about if I don't want to identify him. No, I, I was going to say, uh, I knew you did the government work. Well, you, you got, Wait, no, I don't. No, I don't know this. Did you get your undergrad and then go work for one of the big four? Or did you go work for the IRS? No, I worked for the government first. Like what I did, so I, I got my undergrad and then I worked for the the tax court. That's not the same thing as the IRS. They work with the IRS. It's like small claims court for, it's like if you ever watch the people's court, that's what the tax court is, except it's over taxes and they won't televise it because it really is that boring but i worked for them um and then my time with the irs and the department of justice criminal tax division most of the time i was working on the wesley snipes criminal tax case so it was pretty much if you guys know this uh mr blade or white men can't jump all that shit that he was in he, Demolition uh, Man. These are they were. He was probably one of the highest paid actors back in the nineties. He was, and I had to analyze everything he made and figure out that he didn't pay twelve point eight million dollars in taxes and penalties between two thousand two and um, two thousand seven. Anyway, he didn't pay taxes for a really long time. He zeroed those out. So. Essentially, working for the IRS was just on. I was on that case most of the time, assisting the attorneys with it and plowing through records. I remember my first day on the job, they had me watch all of his movies just so we could verify that he was in them. That was sort of cool. Um, how how would you not know Wesley Snipes was not in Blade or Demolition Man? Were, were they worried that I never he tell you this story? I feel like I told this on a chat once. Never time. heard this. You got paid to watch Wesley Snipes movies? I did. I'll tell you this story. <laughs> I, the reason I wasn't going to say it because I thought I already had done this on one of these, but um, so it was my first week there, and um, I hadn't really met all the attorneys I was going to be working with. And I get this knock on the door and I had a small office there and I get this knock on the door and one of the attorneys who's a little socially awkward says to me, Chad, you know, nice to meet you. I'm so-and-so. So we're going to be working together. And the, the question I have for you is, um, have you ever, uh, have you ever seen this movie called, and then he looks at his indictment paper and he goes, you ever seen this movie called the uh, white men don't know how to jump? <laughs> I'm like, uh, do, you, do you mean white men can't jump? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what that was. I'm like, yeah, I've seen that. Like, why are you asking me that? It's like, well, and this was the fall of uh, 2006. This is right before it was going to happen. Um, he's like, well, in a couple of weeks, you know, keep this confidential, of course. In a couple of weeks, we're going to indict um, this actor, Wesley Snips. Snips. <laughs> And I go, wait a minute, do you mean Wesley Snipes, like the guy that was in that movie? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, He was in this other vampire movie. Like He's like, my, oh my son likes watching God. his vampire movie. He's a guy who's just so clueless. It was a Canadian guy. So hang on, hang on. This isn't 
like when Wesley Snipes was just first getting started and you're trying to go back to autumn 12, 15 years ago where he was getting payment that wasn't multi-million. This is his big blockbuster movie. Yes. That people are, was Wesley Snipes in Demolition Man? No, this was like, you can imagine my surprise. I'm at this job and I don't really know who I'm going to be working with or what it's going to be like, but this is one of the first things I experienced there. So... And this is kind of off topic with the guy's question because this is a little bit unusual. But That's I had fine. a very well, I had a unique experience with the IRS. So that Friday, I remember they said to me, "Well, we need you to go down to the." They had this other basement in the, this media room in kind of the basement of the federal building, and they're like, um, "Since you're not busy, we need you to go down there and verify that he was in all of these movies." Uh, and there's this whole list, so they're like. Um, we have DVDs or whatever. Just just check off that you saw him in there and you saw him in the credits because we don't have anybody here who can do that. So so the whole day, that's what I did was just watch like he was in some real shitty movies during those years. He didn't pay like Money Train. That's a terrible movie. Um, I've heard was, of it. Though. Oh, it's horrible. It was with Woody Harrelson. You know, they always try to get them together after mm -hmm. um, the blockbuster. That movie sucked. Uh, it was a couple of the Blade movies I checked out. Um, he's got a lot of obscure ones, too, that you've never heard of that I had to look at. But he still made money on them. So we had to include that in the indictment. And uh, and no, the rest of the time I was with that team of attorneys that was in charge of prosecuting him because it was the largest tax fraud case since Leona Helmsley in the 80s. I doubt anybody in the chat's heard of her. Have you, by the way? I have. Was she a religious gal or was she like a... A, a married woman to some rich guy and like a widow guy who did this in the 80s did not pay any taxes for years and when she died she left like her entire estate it was like in the million 50 million dollars to her poodle so anyway i digress uh it was the largest tax fraud case that the irs had had in many years so them and the doj were like we have to get a guilty verdict for this mm. and i was one of the lucky guys that got to work on the case so that's what I did. I was in D.C. for most of 2006 and half of 2007. And then I was traveling back and forth to Florida for weeks at a time because that's where he was getting prosecuted in the middle of nowhere, Florida, Ocala, Florida. So oh God, Ocala, I've been through there. That is a shit hole. But anyway, um, so basically to answer your question, I didn't have a typical IRS experience because most people are stuck there doing all the boring shit, like processing things, working with more local stuff. But I happened to get lucky because of my experience with the tax court, they knew that I had some experience with uh, legal matters and working in court settings and all that. So I got put on the, the cream of the crop and, uh, Long story short, Wesley Snipes was found guilty of three misdemeanors, but the problem was the jury found him not guilty on all the felonies. Really? And so you didn't get your, your Leona Helmsley number two then, eh? I mean, he still got three years of prison, but here's the thing. This is how I ended up not going to law school. As the only non-attorney that was involved with the actual trial who was there, I was able to actually talk to the jury. I was allowed to and say, why did you deliberate the way you did why was that your choice hmm. and half of them said to me you talk about stupid people and npcs and this was back in 2008 hmm. half of them said to me 
well, we knew he was guilty and we wanted to punish him, but we like him, so we didn't want to punish him that much. Wow. Isn't that horrible? It's horrible. So that's, that's horrible. I, yeah, that's when I decided, look, I'm never going to I had I was on my way to law school at that point. I'd taken the LSAT, I'd put in Really? I thought yeah. you were a CPA all the time, all the way. No, dude, I was about oh. to go to law school. I I was I was in this. I thought I was gonna do it. Um, but after this and a combination of other things, I'm just like, I don't want to go into law. Look at how stupid that the, the stupidity you have to deal with. Because I thought I wanted to do criminal law involving juries. Look at how stupid juries are. Because that was two years worth of work the whole time I was with the IRS. And look at what happened. A bunch of yokels from Backwater, Florida just decided they liked him. So he didn't get convicted for felonies. That, that however, is the best thing to happen to you. Could you imagine if you had had a good experience on luck? And then you went to law school and it wasn't a tier one or whatever else. Then you're dumb. And not to mention the hours you'd have and the great recession that was going on at that time. Oh, absolutely. And it hadn't even hit yet. So it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Mm. Ultimately, I can say that 10 years later. But at the time, I was pretty disillusioned because when they did, when he didn't get when he didn't get prosecuted or found guilty for those uh, felonies, Dude, he was guilty as fucking sin. He was a tax protester. Like he he was a cheater, but hey, people liked him. So I better start working on nice guy consulting so I don't have to pay my taxes anymore. That'd be nice for me. Well, you have to star. You have to be a superhero. Um, or I don't know if he was ever one of those, unless you count Blade. But yeah, you have to be an actor that everybody loves. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Don't think Hollywood's going to come a knocking to uh, hire me. Uh, just starting anything anytime soon. That's uh, that's too bad. But, well, then what? Uh, I mean, to answer the client's question, you, you then then you went what Notre Dame for MBA school? Yeah, then, yeah. Then CPA or what? I didn't have enough um, credits to qualify to sit for the CPA exam because I was like, I'm not going to law school. Fuck that. So I decided to get my MBA. Um, I you couldn't just. I suppose you could have gone into a master's of accounting program. And I know you get this question a lot. I get this question a lot. Um, I knew I wanted to have my own business and I thought the MBA would help me learn about that along with getting all my accounting credits. And you've heard me talk about how worthless an MBA is. And you so, went to an actual notable school, not, not Wharton or Harvard, but you went to a notable school, certainly more notable than the Carlson School of Management. I mean, it's notable by name, but not by, I, I swear, outside of my accounting classes, it was just a big circle jerk of work, of group assignments for work, people trying to avoid doing anything, lack of accountability, and just a complete clusterfuck of 20-somethings partying and then going into six figures worth of debt. Yeah. So what can I say? That's MBA school. That's, yeah, that's MBA school. That's what happens when you go to get your MBA. I wonder what a Carlson MBA costs now. Have you looked at what a Notre Dame MBA costs now? Yeah, I do that occasionally. I haven't done it for this year, but I can tell you since I graduated in 2011, tuition has risen by, at least when I checked last year, it was more than 30%. That's in like seven years. Oh my goodness. But it is a private school. That was stupid of me. It is a private school. So, up MBA. Uh, what the hell, Carlson? Part time MBA, full time MBA. <clears throat> of 
course. They, you know, and they don't, oh, here it is right there. Minnesota residents, it's only 38,000 a year. Oh, my residents God. international, it's 49 grand. <laughs> so, so 100,000 for a Chinese. Oh, hang, hang on. I'm sorry. That was just tuition. We're throwing in books and everything else. It goes up another 10 grand each. So it's 46,000 a year for residents and 56,000 a year for non-residents and international. Oh, fucking hell. Are you serious? Oh, my God. They can all go suck a hairy bag of dicks. Collegiate yeah. and technology fee, student services fee, health insurance, book estimates, other fees, graduate and professional student government, stadium. Stadium? The, yeah, they make you pay the athletic fucking fee. You're a grad student. Why would you even bother <laughs> going to that shit? But here's the global experience fee, whatever the fuck what that the is. What the fuck is that? <laughs> oh... Other costs, NBA association dues, one-time fee of 420. <clears throat> and that doesn't include room and board, which they estimate to be $14,000 a year. But, but let me just jump in real quick one more time. Like, they didn't have, there was no asshole consulting back then, and there was nobody like you. Like, there was nobody you could find on YouTube or really anywhere on the internet that was saying, hey, because I, I, my first semester was the fall of, of 2009. And it just, there was no one there to warn any of us against this. At least that it, I found. I had written about it in my blog, but that I wasn't mainstream media. Still not today. Do you know how many people are majoring in the liberal arts this year compared to last, Chad? I'm sure it's risen, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, risen or just as much. I mean, we haven't made, even if it went down by 5%, it, it's not a failure on my part, but a failure on what I was intending to do. Uh, but the kids don't want to listen, man. You you hit it on the head when you said, what did they do? They avoided work. And what else did they do? What was their main goal while they were in grad school? I mean, I, I, I couldn't even tell you besides party and try party. to. Like, That's huh? all they want to do. They want the, they want to extend the college experience. That's all it is. Uh, I remember at orientation, like at Notre Dame. <laughs> the dean or whoever got up in there, and this is after everybody was hung over from partying the night before, and she goes, you know, by the way, this is not an extension of undergrad. You're expected to adhere to this, this, and this. And everybody just kind of laughed. They're like, yeah, whatever. We're the one paying for this. <laughs> yeah, the kids today, and not even kids, the young adults that go into the MBAs or grad school programs of tomorrow, uh, they they want to party. That's what it is. That's why they spend so much that, this is probably one of the more notable things I finally reversed engineered and figured out because I could not for the life of me figure out why people were willingly spending all this money going to school. And then I sat and thought about it. I realized, well, one, K through uh, 12 sucks. It sucks. And now the parents are gone and this is all they have to look forward to. Now, if you're a business undergraduate or you're just a fucking dope or a moron, and you're like, well, what do I want to do? Well, I don't want to go get a master's in engineering. I'll go get an MBA. It'll be more like partying. And and it is. And it's just an extension. It's an extension. It's an extenuation of, of, of your partying years. That's all it's it is. Also, it's also, it seemed to be a fallback option for a lot of people who were in dead-end jobs and didn't know what to do, which was a mistake because then they couldn't get jobs after graduation, but they had six-figure debt. So mm -hmm. tough. Yeah. And that's and that's what a lot of it is. Um, you'll see kind of the I don't really want to work that hard, but I'll try something. So you go law school, MBA. A lot of guys became EMTs. Uh, 
what was the other one? Firefighter. Like I'll become a part-time firefighter. And then maybe if I volunteer for eight years, they'll get me a paid job at the County. It's like, dude, do you hear yourself? Like, why don't you just go become a goddamn accountant or become a programmer and knock it off with, but no, the, the laziness springs eternal. <laughs> they, they all want to. It's like learn to code that line that everybody's trolling those laid off Buzzfeed uh, journalists with learn. Oh to yeah. Code. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I retweeted that gal who's writing her dissertation on, on uh, Dungeons and Dragons. It said, avoid worthless degrees. Don't become a worthless peep, uh, person. Uh, major in STEM, which was the exact same quote where I retweeted one of those gals. I think her name was Cheryl Angel or Chloe Angel, who got laid off from oh. the Huffington Post. Yeah, that one. Yeah. 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 And then, and then I, here comes this white knight dickless wonder. Dude, how dare you call someone a worthless person? You should know that people have value. So what if she majored in her doctorate was, what was it? Oh, I didn't even see. It was so stupid. Uh, romantic comedies. Romantic comedies. That was her doctorate. Romantic oh, comedy. I thought that was a joke. I didn't think no, that was. No, that was real. <laughs> oh, that's not real. good. No, that's it isn't. But but the fact what's sad is when I rightly rip on it, there's one dipshit out there who believes in supporting the pussy is going to get it for him. And he comes to defend this absurdity, this spectacularly stupid move to get a doctorate or do your doctoral thesis in romantic comedies and then think you're going to go and become a, a high paid uh, a journalist at the Huffington Post, and this guy comes in. It's like, dude, come on, man. What? What the fuck? What's wrong with you? Can you see this? What? You're gonna defend this stupidity? What? What's wrong with you? But I guess, I guess that's three things that blinds people to the truth: one, laziness; two, pussy; and three, an extended uh, adolescence. A party. Yeah, that's, that's the MBA in a nutshell. All three of those. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. And that's why they're <laughs> spending $56,000 a year with the Carlson MBA. <laughs> I get these dickheads, rare and rare now, that every once in a while I'd see them on the internet and all that, but very much like the baby boomers. I think the Carlson School of Management knows not to fuck with me. Um, because guess what the number one video is when you search the Carlson School of Management on YouTube? Is it do not go to the Carlson it's, School? It's of mine. Management? Do not go to the Carlson School of Management. <laughs> and every all these NBA dipshits, and they're still in school. They're like, you just couldn't succeed. You don't know. Well, you didn't try it. No, this is a great program. And this isn't just Carlson School. This is all business majors. Well, sure as shit, you never hear from them again. They're losers. They're in debt. They went to some fucktardo school, and it's not Wharton or Booth or what is it, Kellogg Northwestern, and and they're just fucked, man. They're just fucked, and it's and and but they're not gonna listen. They're not gonna listen because they want to make their six figs and have the McMansion, and they're gonna party hard. Hey, did this ever was this ever said at Notre Dame? And if it was, let's hunt down all the people and kill them. We work hard, but we party hard. Was that ever said at Notre Dame? Oh, only about 20 times a week or whatever. <laughs> oh, I want to fucking take baseball bats to their teeth. We yeah. work hard. We party splat. Nope. Now you go into dental surgery. Yes, that's where you go. You will recover hard, too. Oh, mm. what else we got for 
our super chats here. All righty. So next, Wu Lad for $5 asks, best way to handle looking for a new job while still employed? I want to leave at the end of March since I get a bonus at the end of February and have to give a four-week notice. Why a four-week notice? It's a lot. Just tights are uh, labor markets tight now. I could see employers demanding that. Hmm. Well, he wants to know the best way handle uh, to handle looking for a new job while still employed. I mean, you, I, I don't think you should like look for jobs at work, even though some people say that, right? Uh, no, you should not look for jobs at work. That's something you do at home. Yeah. Um, if you want to tell your bosses to fuck off, you could probably do that. But that's that's kind of like a slash and burn tactic. Uh, no, you do it at home and you you should have started. That should have been your New Year's resolution. I'm of the philosophy that you should always be sending out a resume occasionally or having a recruiter coming to you with really good offers. Like, hey, here's here's what would make me move. If there, this ever crosses your table, contact me. Uh, but you, it's like, girls, you, you don't want to just be dating one at a time. You want to find multiple ones and, and date through as much volume as possible. Uh, oh, you're offering a better offer? Okay, I'll go with you. You're, you want to be a whore. You want to be a whore. And so yeah, you should have started applying a, a while ago. But I'd, I'd apply now, start looking. It's it's at least a two to three month process to find a job, I'd say. Yeah, but Clary, how do you get girls? I'm just kidding. We'll let that one go. It's how do you get the girls? Oh, how do you get the girls? How, you, how do I get the girls? I just want to say it so stupidly because no one sounds like that when they ask it. It should really be, how do I get the American girls I saw on movie back at home in home country? It's like, well, first, don't be a short Asian engineer who wears khakis up to his belly button. That would be a first starter. <laughs> Number two, stop chasing after the big boobed blonde American women you see in television because they're crazy. But that's, I've written about it before. No one's paid me to answer that question. But we'll, we'll start there with starting points. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't have much to say about that, so we can go to the next one. We answered we answered his question. I mean, I think so. I don't really know what else to say. Like, you do it outside of work. You keep networking, and if you have to get a job, and if you, there's an interview, just lie and say you have to go to the dentist or proctologist or something. Yeah, yeah. I would I would say though that I know a lot of people do not like recruiters because they do take a serious cut, but to have them constantly on your side, and you got to go. You don't want to waste their time. Say, look. You need to get me. I ha, I'm gainfully employed right now, but I am a whore. You need to get me this amount of money or more with these various benefits, and there can be a you know a, a give and take a little bit there, like work from home. Okay, I could cut cut and pay, but you should have a recruiter on your side. We're saying if you can deliver this to me, then I'm tempted enough. So if that ever comes across your desk, let me know. Because you don't have the time to constantly be applying for jobs. This is one of those things where you kind of, eh, let's see what's on Indeed.com. Set the standards really high, 100000 or more, da-da-da. And all of a sudden, one or two things might pop up. You ship out a resume. But if you can have someone there on the front ground constantly with their fingers on the pulse, uh, that's definitely definitely worth a 15% one-year cut or percentage of your of your salary. Cause, and you don't pay that. The, the employer pays that. So I would definitely get a, a recruiter on your side. Okay. I think just not Robert, point. just not Robert half. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's people when I find out that I have cancer, I'll be visiting who used to work at Robert half. I will come pay them a visit. It'll be wonderful. 
<laughs> not really. Just kidding. I do not endorse violence. All right, continue on. Okay. So TC56, he was the one who asked me about my IRS experiences mm -hmm. where we talked way too much. Um, for $5, he, he says... Also, Cappy, read all of your books over the last couple of weeks. Good shit, man. Nice knowing I'm not the only misanthrope out there. <laughs> oh, God. He's definitely got to listen to John Steele. And there's so many great black pill people out there. Uh, and none of them are coming to mind right now, which I can't recommend because they're so black pill that it doesn't work anymore. Well, um, Roosh, Roosh is pretty black pill right Roosh now. Roosh is pretty black pill. Rolo, I think, is a little dark. Oh, yeah, he's Black got Hill. wisdom there. Black Dragon, is he still around? Was that guy, wasn't that a website somewhere? I haven't, I, it's been a long okay. time. So, so. Yeah. All right. Uh, next uh, question then. Okay. Uh, for $2, Ryan Oaks asks you, and this is a great question. When is Matt Baldoni coming on Older Brother? Uh, when he is not working his butt off. Yeah, because he's always traveling around, right? He's traveling around. Uh, and another thing you really got to think about with Matt, Matt hits those falsetto tones, uh, the very high-pitched uh, tones. And then he doesn't just play in the Australian Bee Gees. He'll tour with other bands, uh, sometimes for a year at a time. And then he'll play at the local bands. He'll play local gigs. You are not going to – I could honestly say this about Matt Baldoni. He is even a better capitalist and hustler than I am. The – drawback is what is Matt Baldoni's talent? It's his, I'd say his singing. He's awesome guitar player, but at, let's not say talent. The most precious commodity he has to protect, I would say is his voice. And if he comes on a podcast and talks for two hours, now he's going to worry how that might compromise his next gig. He won't go hiking with me, not because he's afraid of hiking or anything like that. But if he slips and falls and breaks his fingers, he is hosed for about half his gigs because he needs to play the guitar. So mm. he, um, I'd love to have him on. He's really busy though. I remember he was worried, like he thought work was slowing down. I'm like, what? You only got 70 hours of work this week? And it was true. He's like, yeah, only about 70. I'm like, Matt, <laughs> 70 hours a week, a week is not a slowdown. That's a respite. That's a vacation. That's a blessing. And, and then sure enough, it went back up. Uh, but yeah, we, I can, I can run it past him. See if he wants to come on. Uh, do you ever get to hang out with him at all when you're out there? Rarely. No, that's a tragedy. A lot of times he's not here. Um, hmm. I've seen him uh, just as many times, although not as much time. Uh, I've seen him more, more numbers of times while he's on tour out of Nevada and out of state than I have numbers of times seen him in Nevada. Um, but we do hang out more when we're hanging out in Nevada. Usually it's just driving in saying hi to him or he's got a gig. And we'll, we'll happen to say hi to him, but then he's, he's right on that damn bus hopping off, driving to the next town. You, you really, he, what I should do is have him on the older brother podcast to talk about being a musician and on the road because, uh, it's an amazing economy. It's an amazing market to see how show business works how being a musician works, how having hustle and hard work pays off. And just that, <clears throat> what was the L word again, Chad? Lazy. How laziness just prevents any good musicians who have the talent, but just don't have the work ethic from ever becoming anything. 
it's it's amazing how late it's almost like if you're a musician or an artist you have to be lazy mm. man but we'll get them on we'll get them on um all righty so the next one let's see so tc56 for another five dollars so you were asking earlier about people wanting to talk ask me questions about accounting here's another one um this is good it's the elkins hour Working towards a master's in accounting, then a CPA, but I have no job experience. Need to find a CPA to work for. Another broad one, but any advice? We've kind of talked about this. It doesn't matter. Like you can always find some kind of job in accounting wherever you are, even if it's just uh, reconciling books at the end of the day, reconciling the cash register, things like that. You can get in there. Um, I would recommend. I'd recommend starting in accounts payable, accounts receivable. As long as you're a accounting student, they're they're probably going to let you in there. Uh, you don't say anything about if you're interested in uh, tax or audit or anything like that. You can always get an internship, not at public accounting, most likely. That's it's too competitive. But just uh, you know, private, family-owned type places are always looking for help especially during busy season. So just, just look for those kind of, kind of get your way in there. This is a young man. Yeah, he didn't. I, I think he's probably, he's, he's got his undergrad because he says he's working his master's in accounting. I would guess he went straight from undergrad to um, grad school. Totally mm -hmm. guessing on that one. So he's just saying he doesn't have any job experience in accounting. And I'm saying you got to find ways to, even if it's like a different type of job, find ways to perform accounting functions in that job. So you can say that you did that and then just don't, sort of go from there. Don't Milfy Cougarlicious, uh, hot 31 year olds always hire uh, young men fresh out of accounting school to go work for them. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you didn't mention that. You're talking family businesses, small mom, pa shop, get the internship if you can. I thought it was just a given. I mean, how many offers did you ha have from Milfy Cougarlicious Babes when you graduated with your undergrad in accounting? Uh, accounting five, six, man. 10? Let me tell you, it was it was the time of my life. It yeah. was, um, <laughs> gosh, the, the in home interviews and the oof. anyway. And account the accounting yeah. profession is just full of good looking people, right? With great personalities, with the right. soft skills and social abilities, all over the place. What you hear the joke? Why can't actuaries be accountants? <laughs> I haven't heard this one. What is it? Because they lack the personality skills. Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty. It was. It's a dig on Ooh. actuaries. I, I that is a that dig one. on accountants too. Um, <laughs> a deserved one. An absolute. Um, Are they that bad though? Really? I've always hung out with accountants. I like accountants. You're an accountant. Girlfriend's an accountant. Well, a lot of them are a little socially, they're, they're a little bit like engineers because I've met some other tax accountants. Sort of my secret weapon is I try to add a little bit of personality to what I do. But other tax accountants, they're just so like, they don't say anything. They're just like, okay, this is, uh, this is your income. This is your expenses. Uh, you know, a lot so of them no bedside manner whatsoever. Yeah, because they never, to be an accountant, you have to have a bit of a messed up personality and I do, I just know how to mask it. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, anyway, just to conclude, just try to find your way into some kind of accounting experience, even if it's not exactly accounting and you can just use some buzzwords and eventually you'll get there. We, we've talked about that before. Mm -hmm.
So Cougarlicious, that's one of them. That'll get you in. Or just be ridiculously good looking. That always helps. Um, all right. Where else? Oh, we caught up. I thought we had a few more, but I think well, we I was saying we've been going yeah. some time here. I mean, how many did we have? We had eight or nine, right? We had a bunch, yeah. yeah this will pay for good. bowling. Now, yeah, what's that? Do we have any more time or do you have to I got time? I it's one of those things. The problem is it's all the way at a casino in Summerlin. I gotta go to a Red Rock casino and that's on the other side of town. And now it's kinda well, it'd be 30 minute drive and then uh, they don't start till um, nine. Oh, you got time, dude. No, I got time. Yeah, they'll go forever. It's not like I got to show up on time and be there the entire time. It's it's uh, it's it's just the skin at that point where, well, maybe I could take a sleeping pill and some melatonin and, and maybe just binge on some, you know, uh, English accented podcasts. Or maybe I can just <laughs> go to the, the other bowling alley that's a lot closer. Or maybe, maybe I could... Uh, but no, I probably I'll, I'll get out. It, they'll go, and you know what? If they're if the thing goes like nine to eleven, uh, if it ends at eleven, guess what's great about Vegas? You go do something else because nothing well, ever closes. Nothing ever closes, but I bet you the bowling alley is still going to be open past eleven. Of course it is. Yeah, it's it's open twenty four seven. It's great. I could catch you could catch a movie at four a.m. here. Any place, pretty much. It's it's just it's brilliant. It's it's an amazing. It's the last and pinnacle achievement of U.S. capitalism. I think is Vegas. We're in the middle of the fucking desert. We ran water all the way out here by damming up a river and generating electricity off of it. Now we're generating electricity off of the goddamn sun. Hmm. Uh, and and we import. There's no food. There's no cattle. There's no fish. But guess what? You can get sushi and filet mignon steak, and there's no dist- – well, maybe there are distilleries. Are You can get anything you want in the middle of the fucking desert 24-7. That's America. So it's – and then you can do whatever you want. You can bowl. You can – I'm sure there's a fishing place. If you want to fish for trout, I'm sure there's some stocked pond in somebody's backyard. You can fish for trout. Anything you want to do here, you can do, except prostitution, interestingly enough. Did you know that about Vegas? I did, but I also know that it's a bit more of a wink, wink on that one. So true, but you can—it's—it's it's illegal. Uh, Clark County, which is the county that Las Vegas is in, you cannot. <clears throat> when I say fly out to Vegas, I mean fly out to Vegas and then go to one of the bunny ranches outside of Clark County. Uh, m- more Nevada is what I should say. Is like go to Nevada. Uh, if you how do I get the girls? But you don't want to hit the fucking gym. Well, then my recommendation is you go to Reno or Nevada in general. Yeah, they had the whole HBO series Cat House uh, at the Bunny, whatever it was, or Cat House, yeah, about, about 10 years ago. So, yeah, that's... Very was that a documentary, like, based on a real place or something, or what? More like they were just showing a day-to-day what it's like there. It's outside of Carson City, Nevada. Oh. It doesn't look good, because um, if you go motorcycle riding, you go out to Prump. You go out to Am- Amargosa, which is mm. on the way to Death Valley or Reno. You'll you'll leave Clark County and then you'll see quote a bunny ranch or girl sign, and it just looks like the nastiest. I I have not built up the courage to look, um, but it it's kind of like what these are the bunny ranches, and then kind of the locals are like, oh, did you drive up past the 
hoopty loopty bunny ranch i'm like yeah i saw it from the side of the road that place is still open oh yeah it's been going strong you should go in there i'm like no no i don't like tetanus no um, <laughs> i don't want to go in there it's uh they're not they're not uh, uh the, the the best whorehouse in texas was that the dolly parton one uh yeah yeah from yeah. like the 70s you mean yeah it's not that fun or clean or happy at least from the outside it doesn't it does it, it just looks seedy as fuck is honestly what it looks like mm. well i'll keep that in mind if i yeah. ever do make it out there to visit you <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're not going you come out here we're not going to a bunny ranch i'll tell you that all right we're gonna we're golfing we're hiking we're doing fun shit uh we'll, we'll probably not leave clark county uh, unless we do go to like Hoover Dam, we go to the Arizona side and do some pretty cool hikes over there. But yeah, that is not, uh, you know, bring a bottle of bleach if you're going to go to the Bunny Ranch, guys. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, all righty. Well, so Jeff, Darkman Jeff, he's uh, giving us another $5 and he's got another Sweet. question. I think this one's for me. It says, should I worry about what getting public, ex should I worry about what getting public experience if I'm pursuing a CPA and he works in the hotel industry, he wants to know if he should get public accounting experience. Um, I don't think that really matters, Jeff, because I know what you, at least you told me that you ultimately want to kind of open up your own shop, right? So you just have to get some tax experience and get the CPA and uh, start building up your client base. You know, you market, you do it on the side for a bit. You market your experience. I mean, hell, you could even work for fucking H&R Block or one of those other ones just to get some experience. And then you just like strike out on your own with clients. I don't, uh, you don't have to do public accounting. Like it's not, it's not mandatory. That, that's and, just to what? Go work in industry afterwards? Yeah. And, you know, it does look good. If you're going to go into tax, it definitely looks good to say like, oh, yeah, I was in uh, public accounting tax at one of the big four and I worked on X and Y. But it's absolutely not necessary. Nobody I'm fairly certain nobody has ever tried to figure out if I worked in public accounting like they know yeah. I worked for the IRS. What what percent of your clients even know of the concept of the big four? I keep getting I can't even pronounce uh Pete, I keep calling it Pete Marwick and you laugh. Ho, 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 yeah, Pete Marwick. KGMPQ or whatever the hell the acronym now is now. KPMG. KPMG. But I at least knew there was a big four and I couldn't remember the big four. What percent of the people even know what public accounting experience is who's going to hire CPA just to do their damn taxes? Like none. Like when people find me. I, I, I seriously doubt they're looking at my background. I don't even think they care that I used to work for the IRS. Frankly, I don't market that well enough for myself. They just want someone who's got good reviews and a good reputation and who's a CPA. You don't need, you don't need to go into public accounting for that, Jeff. It really is so. like being a dentist or a commodity skill. Are you a dentist? Yeah. Now. Did you pass dental school? Okay. Well, I don't know. Are no, you it is now. In the age of Yelp and like online and everything, that's all it is. And it's um, locations a big thing too. I've noticed. This is why I've always told you it's going to be harder for me to vote to be location independent. But I'm working on it. So yeah, that's all right. It's all right. I'll just go golf another eighteen rounds by myself. That's right. Never mind. Nope. No. Nobody mind. Old Cappy out here. Cappy will just go bowling again by himself at three a.m. It's all right. <laughs> 
It's, uh, Take my dad with you to go golfing. Hey, your folks could come out here anytime. That'd be great to have Mr. and Mrs. Elkins come out. I love those guys. <laughs> no, they would. They'd have a good time. We got a place for them to crash. And uh, I, I got a se separate golf bags. Um, wait, does your ma golf at all? Did I ever ask that or not? I don't think not much anymore. No, they okay. used to. Yeah. Well, I got three golf bags they can all come with. Uh yeah, no, we could. I could show them a good time. That'd be cool to go bum around with them. Got some great late, like if they want to eat really great food at 3 a.m. I know a bunch of places. So I got to say, that's why Vegas really does seem like my kind of place. I'm such a night person that, I mean, I that sounds really cool. Just having all that stuff go on when you can't sleep. You know what is also awesome is you don't have to go to the strip to get it. That's what I've heard. Yeah, there's uh, I forgot what Baldoni called them. There's there's a specific name for them, but there's literally over a thousand of them in the metro area, and these are quote casino slash pubs, and they're casinos because they have uh, machine gaming. There's no dealers or anything like that. They have like uh, slot video, machines, video poker, video poker stuff like that, right? But yeah. in order to be open twenty four seven, they have to have a full menu and a full bar. And so, oh, cool. yeah, you want to walk, you could, I'm trying to think, there's probably three or four within walking distance of, of the place right here. Uh, yeah, you don't have to go to the strip or get an Uber or whatever. You just walk down to your local, whatever these things are called, and you could get some really good food. Might take a bit to serve it up, but you can get a, an egg white omelet with whatever you want in it at 4 a.m. Wow. You can go bowling then after. And then you can go to top tier golf uh, to round out the morning and then go to bed at 530 in the morning after that. So why do they say that New York City is the city that never sleeps? Because that's what people in New York say. Ask me in my opinion about Aaron Clary's. Ask me my general professional opinion about them. Well, we'll wait for a super chat on that. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Um, ask, ask me my opinion about Aaron Clary's. Well, you know what I really want to know? Huh? This is a great question. I'm sorry. I know you're going on this, but I can't help it. I got to get this question in. Because <laughs> I, I think I know. I, I'm curious what your answer is going to be on this one. Mm -hmm. For $2 Canadian, Ray John wants to know, any thoughts on becoming a cop? Oh, I would love to. Um. But the problem is it, I'd, I'd be anchored in one town. Like, you can't just say, hey, can I work here when the weather's real nice and, like, fuck you guys when it's too hot in Vegas? Or be in South Dakota, like, hey, can I be a cop? But, like, fuck you guys come January, February. You probably got to be year-round. <clears throat> That's why I looked into going and joining the reserves of the community police uh, over in the WBL. Uh, because there it was, uh, I think, a number of hours per year you had to commit. And so I could bang that out during, um, you know, summertime and all that. Uh, but uh, and then then I could that I could go. And the only reason I won't say the only reason, the main reason I become a cop is just so there'd be a team of people to belong to and something to do. Because the pay is shit. The pay for what you got to deal and go through, the pay is shit. It's not worth it. Uh, yeah, I got a couple cops as clients, and you know, we have a friend who's a client or a cop i mean and mm -hmm. uh i don't know i it doesn't seem it seems like a really tough job really tough i say it'd be a great job when you're younger 
because you got the energy and you want to go and do it. And I know actually a very heroic cop, one, one, uh, not one of, he won the highest honor a cop can get, I think on his second or third year uh, on the force. <clears throat> and uh, great guy and he loves it. It's perfectly for him. But then our buddy that we have in common, dudes approaching 50, and you can just see they're kind of, they're kind of tired, not not physically, although there's maybe that element too, but it's just, you know, okay, chasing the bad guy gets fun. Uh, I remember when I was younger, uh, working security on the campus, uh, there was a, a bar called Station 19, and it was really cool to stand out there because we knew Station 19 was serving uh, underage, and you get the drunk dude bro frat boys coming out. Oh, look at the fucking rental cops. Da, da, da. <laughs> oh, look at the mall cop. Da, da, da. And they go right to their car. And then they didn't know that we are were part of the police department. We're on the same radio frequency as the cops. We just radio in the description and the license plate of the cops or of the, of the drunk guy. And they get busted for underage drinking and then they get busted for DUI. And that was cool and fun. And maybe there'd be a little bit of a confrontation. Now when I work security, eh, it's still cool, but it's like, okay, I'm going to throw another drunk out of the hotel. Okay. I'm going to throw another drunk out of the bar. I won't even work. Um, how can I put this? Uh, the guy I work security for has an interesting client or clientele that sounds like it'd be great working security for but there's no way in hell i would do it if you think about it and so i refuse to do those gigs younger men fine go ahead do that all you want if you're older you're like nope nope that's gonna go south real quick not gonna do it not even gonna not even gonna deal with that shit uh <clears throat> so yeah i mean it, it definitely become a cop if you want to when you're younger absolutely pay is good um it's a young man's game you can still got that excitement and that but uh, I wouldn't, not now, no. And, and God almighty, the fucking train, not even the training, the fucking background checks and shit, you got to go just to become reserve, you know, just to become this this glorified traffic director. Uh, no, it's, it. after I, I just have very little patience, like where I got a year's worth of interrogation. It's like, dude, either hire me or not. You can look up my shit in, in, in a matter of a day. You'll find out if I'm a law-abiding citizen or not. Oh, we gotta do a psychological profile. Fuck you. It's so there. That was my answer for the cop. Okay. Um, you remember our old buddy uh, Krillin? Krillin eight seven six. Eight seven six. He uh, gave us two dollars, and he says AVN was this weekend. Escorts galore. Um, do you know what AVN is? No. What's AVN? I don't know. Maybe he'll well, let's uh, look it up. Yeah. Must have been in Vegas. Let's see. I AVN. suppose it's a convention. No, it's AVN Net. AVN <laughs> Awards. Oh, the uh, the um it's it, it was oh, some adult kind of a, American adult video. That's what it means. No, AVN American Adult News. Adult what? Adult I'll, video. I'll news. read this horrible TMZ article with okay. the hopes about Cardi B. Uh, they just She's say, my favorite. All it says is AVN Awards. It doesn't say what it stands for. There was some awards show in Vegas over the weekend. Uh, yeah. I, no, I did not attend. I didn't even know what was going on. Um, but well, yeah, they have. They, 
They have a lot of porn awards out here in general. I do know that. Uh, and I don't, Avian, I've never heard of. There's a bigger one that I have heard of, and you know when it's in town. That's the Adult Entertainment Expo, right? Uh, yes, that sounds more like the, I think that is, that's the biggest one or one of the yeah, biggest that's ones. Be- out that's here. the better one. No, I don't know if it's better. I'm just going to assume it is, but that, <laughs> that's yeah, because you. Style. You know what's going on because uh, hotel prices are up, gas prices are up, everything's up, golf links are booked. Um, a lot of worse drivers, but I didn't notice any of that external BS in the past couple of days. So, uh, and then here's if you want to go, you got to go down to the strip. You don't, when you're in Vegas, you don't want to go down to the strip. There's no reason to go down to the strip because you got to deal with parking and traffic. Now you got to pay for parking in most of the casinos. Uh, it's just, you know, the locals just avoid the strip. It's a zoo. There's no reason to go there. Oh, well, I'm sorry you missed the chance to have Cardi B clap back at you as Who's she loves Cardi you so B? much. Yeah. Cardi anyway. B? Yeah, you, you know who that is, don't yeah. you? Yeah. It's good if no. you don't. I wish I didn't, but, you know. Well, how many people can possibly know who this is? Is she a <laughs> porn star or a rapper? Oh, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, uh, oh. bad at both and just obnoxious on Twitter and, you know, politically is what she thinks that you, what you would think oh. she is. So, yeah. yeah, she looks like a strong, independent woman who was born in 1992. Gangsta bitch music volumes one and two. Uh, yeah, I don't care. Nope. Yep. I don't care. Yep. So um, now I got a couple more. So for $5, Andrea Cruz asks, is it worth it to rack up immense amounts of debt to attend a prestigious university in which the big four directly recruits from? I think that's really putting all your eggs in one basket, which may not pan out the way you want it to. So I would say no, a hard no for me on that one. Do you have any thoughts? I'd have to concur. Uh, I mean, how much is an egregious amount? They're all pretty egregious, but look, and if you, if you want to get into the big four, maybe, but not even then, because here's the thing you think you want to get into the big four because that's what you've been told, or that's like the best route, or it seems to be stable. And there's other benefits that are conferred upon it. But one thing that I wish I lived earlier on is not that I believe a lot in karma or the big spirit in the sky or anything, but sometimes life is going to tell you what you're just not going to be able to do. So if you went to a legitimate accredited college, you got yourself a great GPA, as you should be doing anyway with whatever endeavor you go down upon, uh, then you get yourself an internship, you start applying, uh, and then you send in your applications to the big four. And if they reject you, there's your answer. It was never meant to happen. And so at least you didn't spend 60, 70, 80 grand a year at some prestigious Harvard or Wharton or whatever like that. I mean, no doubt, statistically, there's a higher chance you'd get hired, but I don't think it's worth it. And if, and if you don't come from rich folks, rich family, or have some kind of connections, you can't afford to take that chance. And so I think Chad's absolutely right in, in a couple of regards. Uh, one, you should not want to be working for the big four. No. Two, Mm -hmm. if you want to have a happy or as happy as it can be career in accounting, get your CPA and then go work for yourself. 
Uh, I mean, I mean get, get some work along the way, certainly get some experience, make your money, cut your teeth. But my goal would never, if I were to do it all over again, I would have never tried to become a financial analyst. I would have never tried to get into investment banking. I would have never tried to get into commercial banking, regular banking. And uh, had I listened early on about, you know, I, and, and I, my suspects or my um, suspicions, I listened to my suspicion, like, why is no one smart here? Like, oh, the, the hard stuff about finance must be coming down the road. The hard stuff about accounting must be coming down. No. No, that, that is that is the real world trying to tell you it's not going to happen no matter what you do. So try on the cheap. And and if if you if you're going to succeed, life is going to have it happen. Now again, don't believe in fatism. You know, do your best. But if all of a sudden you go to the local university, you get your two-year certification at the community college, and then you go to the four four-year state college. And you uh, get a degree in engineering, and all of a sudden you're making sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. You flat, you found the flow, like John Candy from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Just go with the flow. That's why I'm trying to say: don't fight up the flow. Don't don't go two hundred thousand dollars to maybe get into the flow. Just go with the flow, and don't be stupid. Well. I'll just say real quick, because I don't want to ramble too much about it. I feel like the big four and working for them should really be a byproduct of whatever situation you've got for yourself, you know, whatever school you're in, uh, how well you're doing, if the recruiters are coming on campus, like don't make decisions based on whether it's going to get you into the big four or not. That's my honest opinion about that. Yeah. So, um, cool. Anything else? Are we free to go? We're not. We still have some chats. Damn it. Well, you're all, this, all this accursed money. No, I just, dude, at bowling, I can do that anytime. Like, make money. But you got to strike while the iron's hot. I still have that like worry and fear the money will run out. You know, like a real crippling recession will hit and then no one will hire asshole consulting. When in reality, more people might hire asshole consulting because shit isn't all happy, giggly, goo like it is right now. Well, good. It keeps you motivated. Kind of like it fits it. Um, and no, we're not going to talk about who won or who lost. <laughs> they lost. Um, They're the ones running around on treadmills, walking at 4 a.m. I'm going to go bowling. Um, okay. So TC56, he was the one that asked us, uh, he sent us those other ones talking about IRS accounting and everything for $5. He says, thanks, Chad. I feel better about not going into public now. Cappy, you're all right too, my guy. Don't feel left out. I'll ask you some stuff next time. That's all right. You ask Chad. All, no, it's really important. That's why I have Chad on. It Chad is the knows hour here. Come on. Yeah, uh, that's why it's because he knows he's you know an expert in his field. Now, if you want to know about girls being sexy, fashion, hygiene, uh what else uh well, i know about, about a couple of those then then, then 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 you're obviously going to ask me and not ask chad obviously oh. but right now right now we're here to ask about accounting uh, <laughs> some of them overlap but anyway <laughs> um no i just just really quick because he did he left us a lot of super chats he was asking a lot of questions and i don't know if we got to a lot of them or i think we got to all of them but you know let's be thorough yeah I, I, we tried to be as thorough as we could um, I'll TC, I didn't have a typical path. Like a lot of people go straight to public from undergrad or they get their master's and then go to it. And I saw that you said you were 27 below there. So you're not like, you probably have some work experience. 
don't worry so much about public accounting. It's like you were saying, just try to get in there, try to get some accounting experience and um, you'll have your master's. The most important thing, I sound like a broken record here, just pass those damn CPA exams. You know, I've seen people waste years on those because they just can't pass them. They try to work and study part time and they try to get whoa, by. Whoa, doing whoa, that. whoa, whoa, whoa. They, they, they don't try or are they lazy? Actually, I, if you're trying to pass the CPA exam, it's hard for me to call you lazy because it's really hard. And if you're doing it while working, especially during a busy season, forget it during a busy season. But mm. if you are working in any job, 40 hour a week job, it really is really, really, really hard to study enough to pass the exams. Like I always did it in gaps, you know, between grad school, summer and everything. And I, I finished it in six months because all I did was dedicate my life to it. So just just get that CPA, get those exams passed, TC56. And that's my last thought, unless you give us another super chat. So <laughs> um, anyway. Any um, questions about girls or hygiene or... Or what else are we good at? Being short. We're good at that. We should have like the short segment. People could ask us questions and advice on being short guys. Oh, you could probably answer that one better than me. I mean, I'm talking about you're short too. Yes, but you, I think, um, have uh, parlayed that way better than I have. I'll just say that. Because I'm like really good at being short. What? No, I'm what trying to avoid. About? I'm trying to avoid talking too much about your personal life here. So. Oh no, I've never had problems with tall chicks. Yes, no, exactly. That way, oh yeah, no, dude. I have no idea what that was. It was almost like, dude, how do you get so many tall chicks? I'm like, what are you talking about? Dude, you're like, no. And you know what it was? Just true volume of failure. Like I was asking. <laughs> I'd really, oh, I'd ask out three girls a day. I mean, you were constantly approaching, constantly approaching. And so, um, yeah, it wasn't, uh, I mean, percentage-wise, it's probably no different than the percentages anybody else faced. But it wasn't like, oh, I was really good with tall women. No, it's like, no, that that one tall girl you see me with, yeah, the the 20 other tall girls before her shot my ass down. This And they never stuck around. I'll tell you that. The tall girls never stuck around. They do want a tall guy. Uh, uh, well... And sometimes they do for a short guy too. So Some, it's rare. It's rare. But yeah. for the most part, I do remember kind of, cause I never saw, I was like, you know, I never had problems with tall chicks. And then, but they, I knew I would rarely get to a third date and then they just disappear. And then Oh I yeah. Never, we covered, we, we did. We covered that one time in another, um, did we? yeah, we, oh, did. Never mind. we, we right. went on for like an hour about that. It was oh, sorry. Never one. mind. Never mind. No, that's okay. I mean, it's a fun topic. Um, so for tall $10, girls are fun. I love tall girls, man. They're great. Yeah. We could talk about tall girls all day long. I'll be perfectly fine with that. I don't know what everyone is. Uh, we got a $10 Canadian super chat. So that's at least like $9 American, right? Something like no, that. Oh, it's a horrible. The Canadians things like if you want to, if you want to donate to Molyneux or small dead animals or any one of your Canadian uh, Patreon people, you just want to donate to Canadian people you like. Now's the time to do it because the Canadian dollar is just horrible against the uh, uh, U.S. dollar. Canadian dollar versus U.S. dollar. It's pretty bad. Like it's off almost. I want to say thirty percent. I could be wrong. It's been a couple. Ah, twenty-five percent. Really? Um, yeah, <clears throat> seventy-five U.S. cents will get you one Canadian dollar. So it's uh, 
So you get an extra 33% purchasing power. Well, then let me rephrase, and this is still a great one for $7.50 US dollars, but $10. Cheap bastard. Million. Cheap bastard. Oh That's God. bigger than any we've got. Tonight. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm very appreciative. Although we've got multiple ones from the same people that add up to more than that. But right. uh, Macho Taco One asks, do I need to work at Big Four to start my own firm? No, 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 no. Everybody seems to think that Big Four is this like holy grail of what you need to do to to get anywhere in the accounting industry. So all I, I guess they've branded themselves really well as like this awesome thing to do to become an underpaid slave that they treat you like fresh meat the whole time you're there. Um, you absolutely do not need to work for the big four to start your own firm. To start your own firm, you need to have your CPA. I'm assuming tax, okay? I don't. You didn't say anything, but that's the only realistic way you can start your own firm. Start your own firm. You need plenty of work experience in the field, so you know what you're doing. You need to have your CPA or your EA, preferably your CPA. You need to have done work on the side. You know, you're starting your own firm. You started as a part-time thing during a full-time job. You start up building your client base that way. You have to have a semi-dedicated uh, stable of clients there. And then you got to have enough put away so that it'll float you until you really build your business. So that's what it takes to start your own CPA firm. Did I miss anything? So I don't have to have big four public experience? No, I, absolutely I'm not. I'm, I'm yeah. You've said it many times before. So I, I kind of <clears throat> wonder if we get the same question, unless they're new and they, they've just tuned in. Well, he might have missed it, yeah, because uh, we Macho Taco, we did talk about that a little bit earlier. So go back. If you got here late, go back um, and replay this because there's some good stuff we talked about earlier. Yeah, I or think. just in general, binge on all the Elkins Hour podcasts because this is number five. We've had four, so cumulatively coming up 10 or 11 hours worth I'd say anyone uh, interested in accounting should binge on all these episodes because it's going to save them way more than the 11 hours it takes them to listen to the stuff, even with all of our interplay and bullshit uh, wedged in between. Well, here's my question for you. Do we talk enough about accounting on these or do we delve off in the subjects like oh. RDB? And <laughs> oh, so, so innocent, nice Chad. Okay, let me explain to you how podcasting works. <clears throat> Why... Do people not like the tax accountant says, what's your revenue? Okay, here are your expenses. All right, here you go. Because they're not as good looking as us and they're boring as fuck. They're boring. Like, Why do you have people? What's the second reason? I know most people come to you for taxes, but what's the second reason people come talk to you? I'll give you another clue. Why do they insist on meeting you personally? Uh, I think it has something to do with my good looks personally, but I mean, um, you might have a different theory. Well, you said, wasn't it a lot of people just want to talk to you like the older people? Especially? Oh yeah. That what it is, is some people are just, this is some older people. And then some, some people just want to talk to somebody. Like you've seen my office. I set it up like a therapist office and I swear half mm -hmm. of what I do for my in person meetings are just people wanting to have a chat, you know? Right. I mean, that's fine. It's not really my job, but that's what motivates some people to do this. I wouldn't, I would never do that myself. I don't like talking to people, but. Well, why, why do I get 
asshole consultant requests where it's 10 paragraphs and then the in the, in the 11th paragraph they finally get to their question which has nothing to do with the previous 10 paragraphs oh some people just want to be freaking heard i suppose mm -hmm. radio and podcasting are the same thing people want to be entertained and what entertains people the most what's the most entertaining thing on the face of the planet uh sports ball no I'm no um other obviously other people other people do you know where the phrase radio or television personality comes from well i was gonna say tom Likas, but no i don't know where it comes from no it it means that you have a personality that people like you want to see this in action you want to see this in play you could just watch it watch your local weather anchor and see how quickly they go through who the weather anchor is Who's the mainstay? Who's the weekend guy? Who's the weekend gal? Who's the late night person, early morning person, overnight person? It is a people want to tune in and see that same nice lady that they love her bubbly personality that wakes them up in the morning. And then they build an actual, uh, I wouldn't say real relationship, but a mental relationship, a personal relationship with that person. They're not going to, you know, go and say hi, how you, they don't actually have a friendship but they like to see other human beings. And what makes a podcast or a radio show or a talk show successful is personality. And you don't just get it reading from the book of accounting saying, oh, the answer is six. Next question. People want to hear like, oh, Chad has gone out with girls before. I've gone out with girls before. It shows you're human and you're not just this robot where you can actually have trust and like, oh yeah, he is a worldly guy. He does have experience. Okay, here's another perfect example. Would you trust any of these virgin towel, MGTOW types, the faux MGTOWs, not the, not the ones who like hopped on the motorcycle and left like your buddy Rich Cooper, but the ones where they got anime avatars, you never see the real face. No, and no. I thought that was one of the best points you ever made. And I think it was several years ago you did this. Mm -hmm. I understand their need to stay anonymous. They may have jobs. They may be embarrassed about who they are. But I mean, I it really is hard for me to completely trust anybody who won't show their face or at least reveal some of their identity, you know? Right, because you want to know they're living in the real world. Not that they have to be like you or that they are you or you have these great things in common. But you, what really sells is failure. Uh, a human flaw. Um, oh, uh, uh, you know what really does real well a lot of times on podcasts? Well, stories about how you failed, right? Not people bragging about, oh, I fucked this girl and that True, girl. true. But then also when you fail on the air, like the dick show, uh, he'll interview people who have thrown up and passed out on the air. Ooh. I mean, that's pretty hardcore. It's... You're kind of like, or you just get someone who's a little bit tipsier than normal calling in. Hey, I've gotten tipsier than normal. They got tipsier than normal. I could trust this guy. It's not this pure academian, uh, theoretician, robot, scripting all the perfect Dear Abby answers. Uh, people will trust a truthful sinner before they trust a lying saint. And so that's why people love to, well, maybe they don't want to hear about every time you went down to the bar you like to go to and got hammered or every failure we've ever had with women because I've only had two. Uh, but <laughs> people like, like to say, oh, this is a real guy at the other end of it, and he happens to have a CPA, so he must have some 
similar grounding or background in real life that he would know and be able to relate to my situation and therefore his advice would be pertinent and germane and actually helpful. So that's why people like to hear your stories. And plus, we can't just be talking accounting. Like the Wesley Snipes thing. That's a brilliant story. Yeah, that's a know. cool experience. Yeah. People are like, well, I didn't get to watch Wesley Snipes movie and got paid for it. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah, don't worry how many tangents we take. It's it's People wouldn't tune in otherwise. Oh, good stuff. And, the dude, the Super Chats are continuing to roll in right that's now. That's fine. I can go all. Dude, if we want, we'll go all night. Making money. We'll have the world's greatest super chat funding raising thingy ever in the history of super chat funding raising thingies. And then I will go bowling at the local bowling alley and maybe get myself a late night egg white omelet. That's mm. How are you going to spend your super chat money, Chad? Uh, I don't know. Take another trip to Minnesota in the middle of uh, it getting <laughs> cold, something like that. Uh, when is what? Uh, April 16th is officially end of busy season. Yep, 77 days from now, but who the hell's counting? Oh, all right. Well, we'll be out here in Vegas then because Asshole Consulting has its fifth-year anniversary, March 14th, and then I'm going to be driving back and taking my sweet-ass time to get back. So maybe we fly or meet in Denver or something like that. But when you're done, uh, we will not be in cold Minnesota. We'll be probably somewhere warmer and more fun. Cool. Um. Aaron Torres, he's he's been on here before. He's he has been on here, yeah. Yeah, for $2, he asks, uh, fit 33-year-old just joined the U.S. Air Force or stay in a dead-end $50,000 a year job? Wait, wait, Which read that again. So he's a fit 33-year-old, and he wants to know if he should join the U.S. Air Force or stay in a dead-end $50,000 a year job job basically do you think he should join the air force at 33 i I think you said 53 i'm like i don't think he can join it at 53 uh yeah air force all the way um fifty thousand dollars a year at 33 years old is not that much i mean it's not bad you can certainly live off of it i live on less but um i i would do the air force i would i just i you're not and it has nothing to do with even opportunity or uh, it's the fact that soon you're not going to be able to. I think in two years, you won't be able to join the military at all. Uh, and then that opportunity will forever pass you. And again, kind of like the cops or whatever, it's something that you should do when you were younger, but you're still young enough. And um, I cannot, as time goes on, underestimate or overemphasize the value of camaraderie of a bunch of other men. Uh, and I know not everyone has a great experience in the military. Yes, there are morons and dipshit in the military. I understand that. But you're not going to have a group of guys who are there to do one of the few last remaining masculine things on the planet, and that is protect the fucking country. And you're licensed to do so. Uh, so, yes, go do that. Join the Air Force. Do it now. You can always get out later. Uh, but they'll insist you stay for a little while anyway. Does seem like a bit of a no-brainer. So. Mm-hmm. All right. This next super chat is the best one that we've ever had in the history of you and I uh, getting on here and doing these in any capacity. Like monetary wise, or are you saying this is the best question we've gotten? This is the best thing that anybody's ever said. It's only for $2, but okay. I mean, there, there's really no better comment than this. And it's from Atham. Oh. You want to know what he says? No. Let's just skip over it because that'll annoy him more. <laughs> He'll be like, you fuckers, you didn't read it on the air. I'm like, well, oh, 
See, now I'm, I'm wondering if we should. How much is it worth to him for us to read this on the air? thing is, he's already baited me because when you hear me read it, it's just uh -huh. it's the best thing that's ever been said. Uh, them. Elkins, you are so, so, so very awesome. And that's it. That's it. Do you want to take a screenshot of that before it scrolls back up? You could print that off and like best super chat ever. Way ahead of you. I'm already going to put a little picture of it in our chat. Anytime he uh, insults me on the Facebook chat. <laughs> we should save it. And you know what? I If you could print me off a color. You got a color uh, printer there at, at your office? We got one here at home too. Okay. Print me off a copy of that. And then I'm going to frame that as the best super chat ever in the Elkins hour. And that'll well, kind of be like, you know, uh, all those stupid awards people got on their desks. I don't know if you ever went into corporate offices, they'd have some plastic award and it would yeah. be like etched in there or something. And you're like, what's this plastic award? And like, Oh, I had 5,000 new clients. I think I shut the fuck up. It's a plastic award. It means nothing. Well, except ours means something because it comes from Atham. I've already saved it, so uh, it's here for us when we need it. Cool. Print it off. Mail me a copy. Now, Krillin876, for mm -hmm. $5, he says, don't forget that most firms will do anything not to train you. Most firms are frightened to death. You will steal their clients. That's why they overwork. I, I agree, actually, at least in the realm of public accounting. I assume you're talking about public accounting. Um, not much training there. They pretty much threw you in there and didn't give you a whole hell of a lot of guidance. So, yeah, I think that's insightful. Kind of pisses me off. Um, the They think some 22 wet behind the ears kid has the foresight, acumen, aggression, and even knowledge about how to go and steal a client. You know, it's just when I was 22, I was thinking like, boy, it sure would be swell to work for the XYZ Corporation and get my paycheck and I'll be a loyal, hard worker. And it, no, no. And, this and these guys. The, the other. No, this is what's really funny about this. It's like, OK, you're in public accounting. You're 22. And what are you going to do? Go to the the clients in public accounting are like Marriott, McDonald's, like, you know, Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I'm going to go steal that client for myself. <laughs> yeah. All of, all of Cargill International is going to fork over their quarter trillion dollar business to a 23-year-old CPA. They saw my YouTube channel and they said, let's forget these army of, of accountants and attorneys and partners that have the resources to work thousands of hours. Let's just go with him, the 22-year-old. Yep. See, that's why we got the big four shaking in their boots, Chad. They're afraid that once the Elkins hour goes viral, you're just going to take all their business. There will only be the big one. It'll just be Elkins. That's it. And you know what the best part about that is? I still would keep my same office if that happened. <laughs> I I wouldn't blame you. I'd make all those... I wouldn't make the new CPAs like the rookies coming in, but all the partners and senior administrators and all those guys, I'd make them jump through so many hoops like, hey, we're having a meeting out here. Fly out on your own dime. Oh, the meeting's been canceled. Too bad. Get home however you want. <laughs> oh, we need new training. It's called uh, Clarisms 101. You got to learn how, how to do Clarisms. And I come in hammered. Hey, what's up, fuckers? 
smoking a cigarette. All right. Hey, what is Clarism? And just do an entire eight hour presentation for my ass. That'd be great. <laughs> um, Macho Taco gave us another $10 Canadian. So for right, $7.50 American, he asks, well, he says, Clary, I know under all the jokes, you wish you were a Canadian. Chad, <laughs> would you say owning a firm lets you become location independent in the sense that I could live in the middle of nowhere, like a farm? Uh, see, this is something I'm still working on right now. And we talked about it earlier. You do. We're still at a point in time where you have to meet with clients. There has to be some FaceTime because we haven't quite evolved where everything can be done digitally or over the internet. I still have some older clients, corporate clients. I don't care about the individual ones when it comes to face-to-face -face or electronic and all that. But the people who really pay you a lot of money, some of them still want to sit with you. It's like we talked about earlier. They want to have a chat with you. They want to hang out with you. So I do think we're still a few years from being able to do things like that with the big money makers, 100% location independent. But I think we're getting there. I think if he's a minimalist, he can, he can pull it off. If you could pull in 30 grand and live in a nice little small farm, you got internet access. That's kind of the bigger problem is, and it's less so now than it was 10 years ago, but make sure you got damn good internet access and you could Skype or voice call. But yeah, I, I don't think I've ever met personally with one asshole consulting client in the five years I've done it. And I've had a, a handful of corporate clients, nothing, nothing big or fancy, but Chad's right. If you want to make big money and there's just going to be some old people and the old people have the money, but if you're okay getting by on 30, 40 grand and you choose your clients and just say, no, I don't, I don't meet with clients or <clears throat> kind of like what I do with Skype. If you want to Skype with me, I, I I hate it because usually when people want to Skype with you, they want to cry and, and use you as an emotional tampon. They don't want to solve the problem. And you're kind of held hostage. I will Skype at $400 an hour. Um, but so, yeah, I will. And that's not even meeting you in person. And meeting in person, my God, I think I'd charge $1,000 an hour, including the time to get there because uh, I just plain don't want to do it. Uh, but you should be able to make enough of a living wage uh, and then a little bit more having all internet clients, uh, assuming you choose them carefully and they're conducive, you know, their, their business can be conducted as such. And then every once in a while, if someone wants to meet you like, okay, fine. You're flying out to wherever, uh, Moscow falls, Idaho. No, I'm not picking you up. No, we're not meeting at my place. We're meeting at the local cafe and we're going to have our conversation there. Uh, but that, that's just me. That's, that's, uh, I, I do not want to have the, has anybody ever taken you up on that, just out of curiosity? Skyping? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I've had several. There used to be a uh, app I had on my phone, and I made, I think, 1000 or $2,000 called Praxy. And people could basically FaceTime or FaceTime with you um, on the phone. It was basically a way to give away your phone number without actually giving away your phone number. So people would just call me on my cell phone. And whether or not you actually could see each other, there was video or not, you could still hear them. Um, so I did that a lot too. But yeah, Skyping, I've done four or five uh, clients on Skype. Never met anyone in person. And don't think there'd be enough money in the world uh, 
for someone to pay me to meet him in person because I'd be like, why the fuck can't we do this over the goddamn internet? <laughs> I probably want to meet him, and that's my first question. Like, why the fuck are you paying me literally 10 times the amount you, you need to just to see my fucking face? You got to answer me that question. You got to uh, just got to People know. want to hang out. I'm telling you. Well, but then you're then you're not there to do the consultation. The consultation and the work and the finance and the accounting is merely a facade. That, that's, that's what I'm telling you. This is what some people are like. Like they just want to get together. It's weird. If they're all hot chicks with big boobs, sure. Okay, fine. I'll lower it down to eight fifty an hour. Then I'll go out there and meet you. But I I just because uh, it's. I guess I've answered my question reverse engineered. Like I'm not charging people on Skype for what it actually costs me to deliver the product. I'm charging for the pain and agony because they have an ulterior motive. And most of the time it's been to hold you hostage and just blather about their problems. Cause no one else is going to listen to them. That's, that's what it really is. So I can only imagine in person, it could also be a hit. They could also be stalker types. I've ran into that meeting some, uh, not clients, but some fans, um, so yeah, it's it's uh, you got to compensate for stuff that isn't related to your actual work. So that's what I'd say is if people really wanted to to meet you, there's a good chance there's an ulterior motive. Right. Exactly. So, um. Okay. For three dollars and fifty cents, Joseph Jagusaw asks Elkins, "Do you party with Nick Fuentes? Do you know who that is?" I know of him only because Forney mentions him somewhat, but then I knew about him beforehand. I think, ah, I was going to try and run ads on his podcast or his show or something because he is young. I think he's only 18. I'm like, good. This would be, cause I always got a, my books got a, some of them are targeted towards a high school audience, like worthless. You know, you want to get that into the hands of a high school junior. So I thought right. I could, yeah, uh, and he has a reach to 18, 16, 17 year olds that I don't. And I uh, never heard from him because the kid has dipshit business skills. So, you know, but what's an 18 year old kid going to do? So I, I, is, is he, does the, um, does the requester know if Nick is in Chicago or something? I mean, why would you know him? I was just going to tell you, he uh, grew up in the suburbs of Chicago out in LaGrange Park. Which is actually still borderline to the city, so I think maybe that's why he asked that question. Oh. And then he he says, "You're wasting your time in Chicago if you're not partying hard with the identitarians." <laughs> what the heck's an identitarian? I assume a white nationalist. I don't know. Hang on, I'll look. Um, we're learning so many things. What four by two wheel drive is? What the exchange rate between the Canadian loon and the U.S. dollar is? You know uh, who Cardi B is now. Now I know who Cardi B is. What is, what was I looking up? Identitarian. I think it's just a, a white nationalist, if I had to guess. Relating to or something supporting the political interests of a particular racial, ethnic, or national group, typically one composed of Europeans or white people. All right, but it's not relegated, I guess. So it's just tribalism or racism or ethnicism or yeah. nationalism. Okay, all right, I guess. Oh, look, they even have a, they even have a, a logo. Okay. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. Cause some SJW was bored off of his or her ass, so they made a logo. 
Well, Krillin876 for $2 follows it up and says, Fuentes is the only 18-year-old proud to be a virgin. Is he really? I haven't followed him. so well, I... Let's look him up. I don't, you know, it's not like we're going to send him a ton of traffic here on an accounting show. <laughs> I just, he, he immediately earned into the, you go into the low opinion box of Clary. Uh, because when I go up to you and I say, would you like money? And I don't even hear back from you. Oh, this guy looks like a douche. <laughs> I hate to be visually. He looks like my dad's rich. I'm slicking my hair back. Unless this is a. Oh, he's at, he's 20 years old. Let's see if we got some regular images. I should not let what Wikipedia and some SJW posted. Oh, he's 20 now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't trust I don't trust a 20-year-old uh politician. Yeah, no. No, not impressed. Aaron, you didn't hear one word he said or listen to a thing. He said, You're right. You're right. I'm being very judgmental. So what how would Chad hang out with him? Chad can't even go to the the guy can't go to the bars. What's Chad supposed to do? Go hang out of a preschool and like, hey, hey Nick, do you want to play with Lincoln Logs? I mean, what are they supposed to do for fun? I guess I would take the Metro out to Lagrange Park, and uh, yeah, I haven't thought past that. So, hey, hey what's your curfew, Nick? You gotta be back home. <laughs> Can you stay out? Can, hey, Mrs. Fuentes, is Nick around? Can he come out and play? Said, All right, we've slammed on the kid enough. That's, uh... Um, oh geez, we got a couple more super chats. Um. Ray John for two dollars Canadian, so a buck fifty asks <laughs> such a broad question. Will there ever be peace between the left and the GOP? What do you think? No, no, exactly. there's yeah, they're antithetical. You have to understand the left and not necessarily the GOP, but the left and the right. It is a parasite host relationship. The host hates the parasites. The parasites begrudgingly need the host. Um, so there will never be an agreement because in order for the left to come to an agreement with the right is they would have to stop being parasitic and self-supporting. That's not going to happen because then you wouldn't be a leftist. You'd be not necessarily a rightist either, but you would simply be a non-leftist. So you could be a, a truly a neutral, hardworking Democrat. You could be a Republican. You could be a Libertarian. You could be completely out of politics. You just support yourself. But the <clears throat> the left, by their definition, uh, the the epitomal defining trait is that they want other people's money. That's that's it. So the host to whoever they want to attach themselves to is not going to agree with that. That's not going to happen. Hmm. Well, it seemed like an obvious no to me, but I think no, you had. $8.50. Yeah. Uh, for Macho Taco, another $5 Canadian, he asks, or he says, no, he asks, Clary, what do you think of the state of South Carolina considering doing reconnaissance there later this year, parentheses, not Myrtle Beach? And thanks, Chad. You're welcome. Uh, I like South Carolina. My question is, why would you... What is better about South Carolina that it makes a better case than Florida or Tennessee because those states have no income taxes? I I do like South Carolina. I've driven through it a couple times. It's very nice, very green, very lush. It's going to be hot and sweaty as hell during summer, uh, especially uh, inland. Uh, I'm just wondering what's what's the pull there. Um, 
you know, and, and what if you wanted a larger city? Well, then I'd recommend going to Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it just seems to me that although a perfectly fine state, and I like it very much, I'd rather go to Tennessee and not pay any state income taxes. And by the way, have a significant amount of the uh, Smoky Mountains there, like the, the core of the Smoky Mountains, uh, then then go to South Carolina. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I, haven't, I haven't spent much time in South Carolina. I've spent more in North Carolina. Um, I, I can't say much about South Carolina. I, I think North Carolina is a great place. Charlotte's a good city, but I do know it's getting, it's turning blue, I think, more and more. So who knows? Well, every state's inevitably going to turn blue. Uh, I'm I'm looking more from a geographical, uh, climatic, tax perspective. Oh right, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd I'd really have to know his hobby. Here's here's the problem with South Carolina. Uh, there's nothing compelling about going there, unless you like the slower Southern culture. Um, what's uh, the name the, of? They've got some decent beaches. Uh... If you're big into college sports ball, that's a really hopping place. They keep winning the national championship down there. So, yeah. but Florida has nice beaches and major metropolitan towns. I mean, you know, South Carolina's got golf. Try and finish this sentence. Yeah, or try to not uh, try to prove the sentence wrong. Yeah, but there's no state income tax in Florida, Tennessee. Yeah, that's... both both of them have everything South Carolina has, plus no state income taxes. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think there's less uh, crazy. You know how the crazy shit is happening in Florida. You know, alligator attacks, nursing home, shit like that. You don't see that in South Carolina, at least. That's usually, because I think Florida has about ten times the population of South Carolina. That's... Florida's not that bad. You just have a lot more people living in Florida. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why. Uh, no, it's kind of like uh, here's this great girl. Big tits, red hair, long legs, tight ass, make six figures. And here's this, you know, exact same girl, but her parents are rich. It's like, oh, once you got rich parents. That's... <laughs> All right. What else? Uh, I think we're caught up. I, we've, man, we Dang got some it. crazy ones. Tonight. Like, we, this was quite we could, extreme. We could afford a couple games of bowling today. Yeah, I, I might be able. To, I was kind of hoping there would be like this long, you know, go for eight hours, and we'd have ten thousand dollars in super chats, and our voices would be gone. And then, now even I have to cut it off. I got to go to bed soon. But we just yeah. got a super chat. Hey, uh, of course we do. You got to keep us in, man. That's how they loop us in. Two dollars Canadian. Now $2. these are just becoming pathetic. That's the two dollars, but it's Canadian, so it's thirty-three cents. Ray John asks or. <laughs> Let, let me field this one. Debating leftists is a pain. Should I avoid them? Yes. Good. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. It's, there's nothing else to say. Yeah. What else? How's there that you can't elaborate on that? Yes. Avoid them. Don't waste your life. Don't associate with them. They're not. They're not. This is especially for all the younger people out there. <clears throat> leftists are not capable of having. I wouldn't say necessarily intelligent conversation. They refuse to have intelligent conversation because to have an intelligent conversation means you need to be honest with each other and your aims and your intent. If you have an agenda, parasitism in the case of leftists, you have to constantly lie and obfuscate and subterfuge your true intentions. 
Um, I, I'll, I'll go with another perfect example here. <clears throat> if, if you really wanted to help out uh, poor people, what would you do? Uh, well, you don't. I know what not to do. You don't give them money, um, right? But if if there was if we what's the number one thing we as a society could do to help out poor people? Uh, I'm gonna go dark here and say like not like make them starve almost like put them uh, out. You, you that yes, but that's a a little bit more of a caloric biological thing. That uh, the okay. What advice could we give to poor people? That's the be- That's a better question. What advice could we give to poor people to get them out of poverty? Oh, I know you've talked about this and even written about it. Sing- um, single best bit of advice you can give poor people to get them out of poverty. I mean, one is don't become, don't have a kid. I know there, that. That that's it. Is Stop that it? having kids you can't fucking afford because that is the number one cause of poverty. Not only because of the cost you incur with children, but how do we measure wealth or economic success or income success? Yeah, you're right. Not having kids. Well, no, no. What This is an even simpler mathematical argument. This has nothing to do with politics or economics. math. Why does having more kids than you can afford affect wealth and income and everything so directly? Well, because you go into debt, they're expensive. They're, no, no, they're no. Para- kids by their nature are parasites, right? Because right. They, they can't take care of themselves. So it, <clears throat> you're, you're there, but I'll, I'll fill in, I'll connect the remaining five feet. We measure everything on a per capita basis, income per capita, savings per capita, wealth per capita, 401k investments per capita, real estate per capita. And the more capita you have, that means it has to be divided among more people. And if you were to stop having so many kids, like let's say you go to Wyoming where every girl has five kids by the age of 23. Okay. If she didn't have that many kids, what would the income per capita be? It would be um, a little bit better, yeah. Right, it'd be significantly better. Now, then you throw in all the other numerator reasons, uh, as opposed to the denominator reasons. They take up resources. They take up time. They make you sacrifice other choices that you couldn't have otherwise made. Uh, if you're not ready for them, you have them out of wedlock. They too will grow to be fuck ups. And guess what they will do? They, just like you being a fuck up, will have more kids before their 16th birthday. Now, and, and <laughs> how many grandmas are raising their grandchildren? I just got to know. That doesn't, that's the number one thing you can do. Stop having kids you can't afford. Period. And by the way, to add that a little bit of teeth to that advice, you only get welfare up to two kids. Your third kid is going to starve you, right? So doing something like that would drastically lower poverty, drastically help people, blah, 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 blah. Do people want to tell poor people that? No, you're not going to get votes. You're not going to get votes, right? It's not going to happen. Uh, Wait, what's the original question? I was going somewhere with this. Uh, I mean, the last super chat was whether dating leftists was worth debating what oh, uh, debating. Le- okay. That's where yeah. we're going with this. Right. <clears throat> if you actually give a shit about the poor, you will tell them this. You'll be intellectually honest. Hey, it ain't because of racism or sexism. It's because you made a bunch of fucking stupid ass decisions that are fucking your life up now and cost you a lot of money. So don't blame 
whoever it is, the patriarchy or whitey or the Asians or the Jews. No, look in the mirror, you dumb motherfucking son of a bitch. Okay. No one wants to give that tough fatherly love. No one wants it. And leftists are not willing to be that ballsy and power, uh, uh, truthful and courageous to say, oh, yeah, that's the truth. I really actually care about these fellow people enough to tell them something they don't want to hear. And so when you argue with leftists, they have no intention half the time to tell the truth because they're afraid they're going to be called an ist or an ism, or they just don't want to admit, yeah, these people aren't working hard, or they fucked up, or they had uh, you know, more kids than they could afford. And then add to that, what, ha- what gives a leftist value? Mm, uh, Not all of them, but the vast majority of leftists, where do they get their value from? Like to themselves or just to you themselves? Mean in- yeah. What gives them purpose and meaning in life? What are they most proud of? Complaining, virtue signaling. Their um, politics. Politics, yeah. That's it. It's the only thing they got. And if their politics are flawed or wrong, which they are, which is why socialism hasn't worked, and they'll go run and look at Scandinavia, and we can go into that a whole other thing. Uh, but when you start asking serious questions, you know, point out some fundamental flaws or even some logical flaws about the politics or anything like that, you think they're going to be honest? They don't give a damn whether their politics are right. Just like religious people don't give a damn if their politics are right. Just like a feminism doesn't give a damn if their politics are right. An environmentalist doesn't give a damn if there actually is global warming or not. Because the number one reason they subscribe to these things is because they don't want to work for a living and actually do something of value and accomplishment so they can point to it. They just want to have the feels and the feels goods and the say and the correct things to be popular and then get confirmment and uh, aggrandizement and praise and celebration. Why, Chad? Why do they do that lazy and so you can't argue with it they're being intellectually dishonest you cannot solve any problems you cannot make any genuine concrete advancement or progress solving serious problems in society when half the people you are arguing with have no desire to solve them because they value their fucking precious politics and their laziness more than they do poor starving people so that's why you I have a question for you, and mainly I just want to hear you say the word. There's a particular uh, job. It's a collective I job. Was already, I already know it. Yep. They are leftists. What do you think of these people? What would you call them? I would call them... <laughs> <laughs> I saw one today at the coffee store. You did? Yes, yes. I was trying to figure her out at first because she was uh, an East Indian gal. So you're immediately like, well, she's from East India because she, she was even wearing the garb. And, but her laptop had a bunch of bumper stickers. There were many of them, and they were colorful. And I could, but then I could start seeing them without making it look like I was you know, spying on the back of her laptop. One said Safe Space, and one said Emory University. And then I was trying to look at the paper she was working on, something like, okay, well, maybe, maybe she's an engineer, but she got into the leftist diversity politics of the thing. And then here's another thing about teachers, Chad. They can't shut the fuck up about being teachers. Cause here the guy, the, the coffee guy comes in. Do you want a refill? Oh yes. I'm really busy. I'm a teacher. She's grading papers. That's what she was doing. I'm like, fuck you. Goddamn Kuantaha. But you notice they love to complain about their job too. Like, Oh, it's so hard. You know, it's so hard to be a teacher. Yeah. But if you're dumb, everything's hard, Chad. 
<laughs> I used to think that they were lying about having a job nine months out of the year, dealing with little kids, and they all go home at 3 p.m., and all you got to do is do a multiple-choice question with the little holes cut out. I used to think it was hard, and then I taught, and then I realized, wait, they actually do think it's hard. One, because they've never worked a real job in their lives. Two, they're dumb. Teachers have the lowest IQ out of all the majors. Teachers are stupid. So yes, if I had their incredibly low IQs, I guess grading papers would be incredibly difficult too. And I would think having summers off was hard. I wasn't paid enough. But anyway, <laughs> not that I hate teachers. Uh, yeah, so I saw one and there she was. And, I'm like, and she had like the little safe space sticker and some other stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you're a teacher. That's why you're grading papers. All right. That's it. But it was great because she wasn't smiling because she was fat. <laughs> she didn't have love in her life. And if she did have love, it was probably from some guy she wasn't attracted to. And But it was okay because she was a strong, independent woman. She didn't need no man fish bicycle. Mm. No. All right. Are we done with the super chats? We are. We can go Good. ahead and start wrapping up, I think. All right. Where can people find you, Chad? You can go to elkinscpa.com. I also have a couple of books on Amazon, Elkins Tax Guide 2019, if you so desire. It is tax season. So, yeah. How much did we make, you estimate? Tonight? Yeah. Man, I have over a hundred bucks. It was, it was a lot. It was, it's well over a hundred bucks. I got to do those Canadian conversions, but I think, dude, we got up there close to 150. I think good okay. stuff. I'll yeah. take a look at the statistics tomorrow. I'll give you your cut tomorrow. Once Google gets its cut. Give me the shekels. Shekels. It's a horrible Jewish impersonation. I don't know how you pronounce shekels. Should have asked my grandma. I wish she was still alive. She would know. She could probably even pronounce it in Yiddish or Hebrew or whatever the fuck language it was. So, <laughs> But all right, we'll see you later, Chad. Thanks for coming on the show. All right, toodles. Toodles.